Everything's going. Okay. All right, intro time. Ready? Three, two, one, go. All right. Hey, everyone. Happy Friday. Happy almost end of the year. Uh, welcome to episode, was it 211 of the Dash podcast? I've done so many of these over the years. Um, this is just a year end special, a new year special. We're just. I figure we got as many key people involved in the whole Dash world and just bring them in and talk about all the the good, the bad, the ugly, but most importantly, the cool stuff we have to look forward to. So, um, as always, uh, we're streaming on X slash Twitter. That's the number one, but then also YouTube and Odyssey. And feel free to leave comments in, and we will, yeah, we'll address those. And anyone... Feel free to reference things I should bring up on the screen, like a specific tweet or a specific article or whatever. Feel free to message me, just not in the actual Jitsi link, because then I'll pop up on the screen in front of everyone. But anyway, um, yeah, welcome. Uh, we had a nice uh, buttery-toned intro from the one and only Chuck Williams. Um, why don't we... Um, who wants to start? Who's Because Chuck already kicked us off. Who wants to start on what was your perspective over the last couple of years in, in the dash world the good the bad the ugly what do you think who, who wants to who wants to raise their little hand uh, yeah just to add on to what chuck said mm -hmm. i mean specific to dash i've noticed that privacy seems to be more um valued i think we were there were some folks who were scared of what regulators might think but it's becoming clear as regulars become more, you know, picky about which project does what. I think we're starting to become smarter that um, we have to make the coin as fungible as possible. Mm. Um, so there's still some fears here and there, but um, I think uh, I would say a lot of people are expecting full delisting at some point. I hope not, but. If that's the case, uh, we might as well start doing a lot of privacy projects right now. Yeah, I have to say on that note of, you know, privacy kind of stuff. Um, it's kind of funny how like, in a lot of ways, first off, the previous Dash world has kind of, there's, by the way, there's fun out there. I was even addressing just today. People think that Dash mm -hmm. removed privacy functionality over the years. And it literally never right. happened, but it's it's persistent because there was a narrative shift about look, let's let's see if exchanges can mm -hmm. play nice. I, yeah. I um, like I don't want to like dump on anyone who thought that was a good idea because I also thought it was a good idea. Let's be perfectly honest. I thought, oh yeah, why don't we just like straddle this line and like remain listed? I think in retrospect, I would personally call that a losing strategy. I would call something that was tried got some results we can't say it didn't get any results but it, it got some results but it did not overall get the results we wanted and the cost was far too high and the cost is something we're still paying not the cost we're not even paying that cost we're paying a lack of results today with like okx being like we're going to delist anything roughly privacy related or associated according to who the hell knows what list and so privacy adjacent yeah privacy adjacent um you know, uh, and I would personally think, uh, from my personal opinion, is not only should we push the offerings we have 
for privacy out everywhere, front and center in the new year. But it's probably start time time to start thinking of some interesting ways of like cranking it up a notch or two. Indeed. Yeah, I think it was I think it was naive to to think that a regulators would be okay with us having just um, optional privacy because they just don't want privacy. Period. So they're gonna they're gonna pressure the exchanges to delist even optionally private coins, and then b it was also kind of naive to think that exchange operators even knew the difference, like that they paid enough attention to, to know whether, you know, we actually have retained our privacy, what kind of, what level of privacy we have, uh, whether it's optional or not, they just don't have time for this kind of stuff. And even if they did, they're just going to play on the safe route based on what the regulators or what they even just think that the regulators want. So these guys are in it to the, the exchange operators are in it mostly to stay in business and they're going to do what they need to do. Just, I think might as well mention the news right now uh, of OKX delisting uh, a series of coins that it, it was interesting. Their, their um, official, uh, whatever you call it, their official announcement, it separated them into two different buckets. It was like, okay, we've, uh, we've basically what I interpreted as we, we asked our users what coins we want to keep and what coins we don't want to keep. <laughs> and this bucket was like coins that the users basically said, oh, we don't need that anymore, the OKX users. And then the second bucket was uh, a list of four uh, exchange pairs from four coins. There was Dash, Zcash, Monero, and um, Horizon, right? Um, all privacy coins. Uh, in fact, actually, Horizon has come out with a tweet that said something to the effect of, oh, we're not a privacy coin anymore. We, we deprecated our privacy feature, kind of like, um, well, they actually deprecated the privacy feature. So total beta, you know, yeah. beta mail move to do i think um we we kind of did that to some degree we didn't remove our privacy feature but um but yeah we we kind of did that oh no we we uh we don't have privacy <laughs> uh anyway so relented on the privacy focus i would say relented right? on like at least marketing um yeah. privacy feature and that was a beta move also so i think um monero's gonna be just fine like because they've always just persistently focused on privacy and 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 that's that's great like that's we can learn a lesson from that but i thought it was interesting how okx separated the two like why would they do that mm -hmm. other than to kind of show that hey we've been pressured to delist these ones from government agents and that's we're going to set put them in this separate bucket so yeah. that everybody knows it's not just this wasn't some random survey of people that wanted to delist these coins like there was this section that wanted that we really had low volume on and then there was this other section that we basically needed to delist so they didn't need to separate them like that yeah that's a, that's an interesting insight and i'm not, not to spoil i have a podcast coming out on tuesday hopefully with the the new zcash or ecc ceo and he did mention something very similar because zcash was in that thing a lot of this conversation it's um the end result of we need to re remove whatever an exchange's decision to do that 
there's so much that goes behind the scenes of that that you got to like sort through and pick through. And so like Binance, as far as I've heard, there's no mention of Binance even considering removing Dash. It's just not on their list at all. The difference is yeah. Binance is Binance uh, is under, you know, basically foreign occupation, right? Basically, they're under the thumb of the U.S. government very directly right now because of all the stuff that's going on. And so you can clearly see their thing is they they're being pressured by u.s agencies extra legally i should point out this is not the law they're not being pressured by laws and regulations they're being pressured by the government to get rid of these kinds of things and for example they're just saying monero it's got to be out a bunch of these other coins got to be out zcash they said you have to introduce a new address type that's only it's not even just a transparent address but it's an address that only can receive funds from transparent addresses just for these kind of requirements. And it's not a requirement because, again, Gemini is a bit-licensed U.S.-regulated exchange. It's the most, probably the most regulated exchange on the planet. In fact, they advertise that, which, you know, eh, <laughs> it doesn't impress me. But <laughs> the point is they allow for shielded, fully encrypted Zcash withdrawals, right? And so it's not a question of regulatory. It's not a question of... Binance to comply with U.S. law needs to do any of this stuff. It's just a question of the, the the thugs, not the laws, but the thugs are telling them, we want you to do this. And they're just like, sure, fine. And it was an interesting point of, I think the reason why Binance is in this situation to do this is because they've been you know, a freaking sketchy platform for a really long time. They've had a lot of illicit activity go through there. They've had a lot of like playing fast and loose and manipulation. They've, they've basically done a lot of stuff. So now they have to overcompensate to earn their, their place back in the, like the legitimate sphere. And so maybe we can also extend that to like the whole OKX type thing of maybe a bunch of, maybe they haven't operated of perfectly again, speculation, a perfectly legitimate business and because of this they're they're doing a, a sloppy lazy across the board move to just try to get back in good graces hmm. well, i'd be interested is, uh... i was just gonna say I'm, I'm interested in what what xk thinks about this whole privacy delisting thing um because I, I know that you're a you're a big privacy advocate um but also uh you're a big market player and obviously everybody wants the price to go up but what do you think is this if in the worst case scenario where all the exchanges, including Binance, all the centralized exchanges delisted Dash, would that be good or bad for Dash long term? It would be bad. Um, not necessarily long term, but short term it would be because uh, you're going to lose all the market makers um, and a lot of liquidity um, will come drain out of the coin. And um, a lot of people just still don't take self-custody of their coins. So on Binance, we've got hundreds of thousands of Dash in there. Mm. And you could imagine that um, people would be forced to, okay, they're either going to sell it or they're going to take self-custody of those coins. And so a lot of them will, will actually just sell um, just the nature of the game, like the way it, um, you know, people are in the space really just to trade it. Um, and very few of them actually take hold of it and use it um, as a digital currency as it should be. So it would be bad short term, but um, the writing's on the wall. It probably is going to head that way, you know, in the next couple of years um, if things keep going the way they are and the regime doesn't change in, in the US or 
you know, because we're, we're in that stage now where they fight you, right? Like, yeah, it's yeah. ridicule all along. And uh, now they're seeing us as a, a threat. And so they're starting to fight us. And uh, that goes to show that it's well the um, bill from Senator Warren, where she wants to outlaw self-custody, which is completely mm. ridiculous. And so that's an attack on... Oh, my God. Just, yeah. I'm calling it like mm -hmm. Dash, but Bitcoin, Ethereum, um, the whole thing. Just... And that's just, you know, taking that next step further. But I think with um, just getting back to the Binance thing um, and OKX, I think with Dash, we we already have just optional um, privacy. So we, we do the bare minimum. It's optional privacy and it's calling join, which is, um, it's pretty good privacy. It's like PGP, right? And so this is the one thing that I'll just absolutely not negotiate at all. Um, with any kind of regulators or exchanges or anything like if they say that's not if you can't have that then you know that's it i'm not it's, i'm drawing a line with that um i know that some other coins like fire or or, um, or zcash want to you know potentially um modify their networks to bring them into compliance but i think with dash we already um you know do the bare minimum as far as privacy goes mm. and you know, scaling that back in any way whatsoever it's just not going to happen with me absolutely not yeah um, absolutely against that so xk you're you're demonstrating something that i wanted to kind of point out to what ryan was saying earlier about the naivete of people having these expectations that privacy would be what respected on exchanges or in society and valued in the same way that that xk is kind of invoking here and i think see that even in the Dash community, this kind of ties, this links a little bit to the OG thing, this links to society's perspectives, but also our own perspectives, I think here, I think it's really important to remember, like, I think you're being kind when you say that they, that we, as a community, were naive to think that this would go through just fine. I don't think it was naivete. I think there was, there were some factions that were at that, even at that point that were splitting and um, and there was a, a lot of cynicism already present as we went forward. And I think there were probably at least two or three clear divisions of mindsets, both within the Dash community and outside the Dash community that were, you know, privacy, valuing privacy as XK does here. And, and basically, I think I think it could be it could be labeled as naive to have a value of privacy and expect that other people are going to value it in the same way. Um, and that's been there for me from the beginning. I think a lot of OGs who really understand, like they kind of know on some level, not everybody's going to value privacy like I value it or understand secrecy and, and private keys or self-custody even the way that I value it. And I yeah. think that we as a society, it, particularly in Western culture, America in particular, even deeper, we've been so conditioned and and grown. We, we've been raised in this in this safety bubble that essentially is like water to fish. We don't know that we're in it so much that people don't know how to value privacy because they don't know a world of tyranny without it. And so this tyrannical these tyrannical moves are happening under behind the scenes behind closed doors in the in the terms of service agreements for your bank account and google and zoom and facebook and the the exchange that you sign up to all that stuff is hidden behind the scenes right up until the moment where oh you can't do that now you hit the friction and it's too late 
it's for you to do anything about it other than opt out if you're lucky and they're trying to set it up this is what i see happening they're trying to set it up so that american citizens cannot opt out they're starting to clamp down on all of the exit gateways and i i just don't think it's going to be long before they come up with a reason that you can't travel if you've ever made a crypto purchase or something like that i think that's what elizabeth warren is trying to do like seriously (laughs) going to outlaw self-custody how are you possibly going to do that how is that possibly even enforceable you know well, now you've got to go fear. back to uh people ratting on their neighbors yeah sorry go yeah on. they just they, they want to outlaw ownership in general yes. i mean they just they just don't yeah. want anyone to own anything and meaning they Z-Bugs. don't want anyone to control anything exactly. and this is this is it this is i think the epic struggle that just keeps surfacing in all of these different ways that that we see and there are those of us who value things that are clearly on one side of the fence or the other and i think the other side where the people let's say they value the regulatory experience they value the agency making the rules they value the law and they value being in alignment with other nations and international law and all this stuff on and that's where i was going with this academic approach you asked the question why would the, why would they trust this poll why would they even do this poll why would they even think that this was a right way to go and i think it's that other side of the coin essentially lives by these pseudo academic measures they'll do a poll thinking that all of the participants of the uh, p- participants of the poll are informed enough to make a meaningful choice but the the fact of the matter is many people will make choices or can be manipulated into making choices that are damaging to themselves and they don't even know it. And they can live a whole life that way and never believe that, that anything was wrong except that they were just a victim of their their own existence. You know, I think that's that's the epic struggle where you once you take on the the approach that you have agency and responsibility, then you're on one side of the fence. If you're a statist and you and you're looking to the government or systems of control to make sure everybody plays by the rules and you're offloading enforcement to other people, you know, they should be dragged out into the street and shot kind of mentality. That's that's the, I think the dividing line that and that I think most people who are who are really believe in the ethos of crypto and freedom and privacy don't they're not going to fall on that side of the status camp you know and so that's why i think we have trouble understanding that because we're we're not valuing the same things fundamentally and they're not valuing the same things fundamentally and so there's this giant chasm where we just can't understand each other because we're not even starting from the same like foundational belief system yeah i think there are a lot of people who do value privacy there are a lot more that we that we don't know about and they will they will value privacy when it's taken away. It's like, it's, a, it's the old thing that you never know what you had till it's gone. Yeah. And it, we will lose our privacy to some degree or another worldwide, let alone, and especially in America, especially in the United States. Um, and it's at that point when it's unfortunately probably too late for some people, but uh, not too late for other people that ha- have kind of prepared for this scenario that people will start to really value privacy. So I just want us to be able to, I want us, meaning Dash and all of the other privacy and freedom uh, activists um, and projects to be able to survive so that when that time comes, we're ready. Um, so that's that's my main, my main goal. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
just to shout out one of the comments here, so, Grass Fort says, hello, what do you think about the delisting dash from OKX? We talked about that a little bit, but I'm just, I'm very optimistic about it, honestly. I, I think that I think that this is a badge of honor. Um, you cannot proceed through life trying to get the approval of terrible people. And if the terrible people do approve of you, you're doing something wrong. So the, the terrible people, um, disapprove of you disapproving of you just shows that that you're on the right track so i think if we can just stick this out and develop our own uh internally uh sustainable economy then people will come eventually uh, it's just a matter of time yeah as the modern say modern saying goes can devs do something but the point here though is in certain extent, devs have, yeah, done, to... devs have done something, which is gotten us into the Maya protocol. Woo. So yeah. let's just... Yeah, this is great for Maya. This is <laughs> bring all the volume that OKX was was having, bring it all to Maya, and uh, that'll that'll be great, right? Yeah. It, 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 it's only the fiat off-ramp and on-ramp that, that you need to be worried about like getting getting us dollars like maya is not going to help you get us dollars well it, it does to some degree for, for some people because uh, they have an on-ramp a fiat on-ramp that's in yeah in some uh, of the it works for some people well so but, um, let me hit on in that, general that touch that, that thing real quick as far as i know okx did not suspend any dash fiat pairs dash usdt as far as i know so oh, that's it, interesting. It, I hadn't really thought about that. It already wasn't really a fiat on ramp. It was just like a, you know, a casino exchange. You know, like all those. Wait, um, it was not a fiat to begin with. No, I don't think so. I think it was okay. Just so they never a, had. They would have delisted the fiat on ramps for sure yes. had they had them, but they didn't. Okay. Yeah, um, and so the, I mean, Dash is on Coinbase, which is a heaven sent. Like it, we need to defend that as much as we can. Um, now, Spritz Finance, which is going to be one of those companies I'm going to really work hard with in the new year to, to get the most strategic kind of um, uh, relationship possible, um, they were just purely a spend crypto, pay your bills, and then they had a debit card. And then now they added a, an off-ramp for your bank account, but now they have an on-ramp. So I haven't tried out the on-ramp because what am I going to buy crypto with? I mean, but... If any of you guys want to try it, I I don't know if it's specific. <clears throat> I don't know if it specifically supports Dash, but if it doesn't, we need to get on that. And then once it does, you have that. One of their most requested features now that I kind of also gave a further nudge, but it wasn't even my my initial doing was a direct deposit on ramp thing, meaning you earn your salary completely in Dash now, in the supported countries. So for the fiat stuff that partners like that are super important to have coinbase obviously we need to, to hold on to them and i hate to, to say but uphold too now uphold i haven't used uphold you know but most people i know haven't really done much with uphold in a long time ever since they got rid of their card but topper by uphold is a very good integration because it's one of those instant credit card buy with you know and i haven't again i haven't used it for Many very obvious reasons, but from what I've heard, you don't have to do KYC for small purchases. So in the Dash wallet now, and anyone in the U.S. should probably help confirm this, but you should be able to just 
in the mobile wallet, go to like the topper thing, put in a credit card and buy like 50 bucks worth of dash and just without putting in your ID yet, you know? And those are the things that are super important to have. Now, Thorwallet has a few on-ramps where like they have Mount Pelerin for European users and for US users, they have something called, I think, Paybis. And Paybis, uh, neither of those, as far as I know, supports Dash directly, which matters less because you know you buy freaking whatever they got and you swap it over. But those are the kinds of things we have to, to watch out for. But the big thing is getting into Maya is strategically one of those super important things that you know as like the the flagship integration we were there for them when they had no mainnet no volume no nothing and that's that counts for something especially all the shilling we have especially we got an ad campaign coming up especially all this kind of stuff that really counts for something and the thing is once you get in there and once they start doing um you know pass through data on memos where you could now swap for something on Thorchain with just one transaction. Once you have the memo less swap or the memo less swap so you can just scan a QR code on an exchange and just send right from your wallet and make the swap like that. Once those key things get implemented, then you have ex- you have access to the whole ecosystem. And so Maya is not the, like the only alternative anymore by the way. So we have Thorchain, Maya and recently Chainflip is online too and that's not a hundred percent Thorchain fork, but it's very—it's considered a Thor child, right? They're all part of the same thing, and so Chainflip is a mainnet swapping right now. Um, next year, they're gonna uh, is when Sridex is aiming to be out, and that's supposedly gonna have Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Monero. That's their entire value proposition is being a Thorchain style Dex with Monero support that then you can integrate and bridge with the rest of the ecosystem. So the resistance is happening. These are the new centralized exchanges, the decentralized exchange protocols. And it started with Thorchain and now it's like, it's growing. And the fact that Dash is in there and now is getting conversations from like, you know, Shapeshift, XDeFi wallet, like all these different um, exchanges are now, all these different platforms are now going to be adding Dash because we got into Maya. And so this is the new ecosystem. It's like the rough couple of, of years with the, with the old dino, dino sexes going. And then I think we're, we're good to be on the other side of that. Yeah, I mean, clo- you can close your ears on this, Joel, but I think Spritz Finance is getting used by Dash Respect. It's going to really blow up in the bull run. I think um, they should be using it year round, no matter what. I get that, but. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. What do you mean blow up? <clears throat> like in usage. Like we have the master, well, people have master rewards, and I think uh, that will probably start being used through Spritz Finance. Mm. Yeah, I, I I am a very happy Spritz user. I, I was a little slow getting on the board um, just because I didn't really need it, um, but I finally got around to trying it, and it's... Um, it's a slick experience. It, it's, it does cost more than I'd like it to. Um, but for the ease of use and speed that it gives you, like I can just click one button and it's bam, it's in my bank account. And I, my, my bank account happens to support the, the, um, 
the instant exchange mm. where you can pay an extra 1% to get it basically there like instantly if I really need it. Um, and before I was, I was, you know, using Coinbase to off ramp from, from Dash to, uh, to the US dollars on Coinbase. And then I'd have to do another step to transfer that US dollar to my bank account. And there was some waiting between. So it's a, it's a good experience. I think people should try it. You do have to go through this uh, KYC process, which I don't like, uh, but that is, um, you know, I'm already a public figure in, in the crypto space. So, you know, I've got my, my real name attached to my real face and uh, I'm a crypto user and I'm not ashamed of it. So I, I go through those. I go through that process. I know a lot of people don't want to go through that process. The only way around that is to is to develop the, that real economic model where people are are working and they're earning dash for their work. And then they're directly exchanging that dash at merchants that ex directly ex accept those dash. And then you can totally get rid of all kind, all the, the US dollar headache. Uh, but that's a long road to, that's a long road from here. And, and we need to decide if, if that's really what we want. Uh, yeah. And, and I have to it. give it a quick thought on that whole thing about encouraging people to you know suck it up and do the KYC or whatever. Um, there's a lot of people in this space that are really like they they will go to Kraken, they will buy some Monero, they'll move it to a wallet they control, and then they'll act like they're Mr. Cypherpunk Zero and stuff. Like, like okay, enough of the virtue signaling. Uh, if you buy crypto on a centralized exchange, it is at, in 2024, it's extremely difficult to convince the powers that be that you, you just don't have it anymore. Like to yeah. get to the get powers that will will yes, get that information to get, from the central like, exchange. If you move it to like a shielded Zcash pool and do a whole bunch of other stuff with it, maybe people won't be able to track exactly what you do with it, but they know you have it. And so, at some point, in my personal opinion, again, this is personal opinion. Everyone has their own threat model. I don't tell people to obey laws. I just tell them it's usually dumb to not obey them, for example. But I don't tell people because I understand taxation is theft and all that stuff. But the point is, you buy your crypto at the centralized exchange. That's already KYC'd. The real people talking to me are about how can I use my crypto. They always say, how you know, there's always like, a how do I spend it without paying all the capital gains and stuff? And I have to be like, well, look, let's be really clear. If you bought it on a centralized exchange... Um, uh, first off, I'm never going to tell you to do anything, you know, illegal. But also, if you bought on a centralized exchange, you're practical. <laughs> like, let's just be honest about where we're at. So if you buy crypto on a centralized exchange and you have a bank account that is super KYC, obviously, because they all are, and you're paying your bills through that, but you're doing all this in a fully, not only fiat-based, but custodial thing, why not buy some more Dash, hold it in a wallet you control and pay things through spritz because now not only did you take away of like the three big evils of custody kyc and fiat inflation um you got rid of the fiat inflation one you got rid of the custody thing you're only left with that one thing and as far as if people want to be me you know, a super cypherpunk and i know people who don't have the choice because they don't have birth certificates or anything like they don't exist and so they have to use dash and you know in that case, 
first of all, they hustle for the, these peer-to-peer things. They only will rent from someone who will take their rent in Dash, for example. And there's been a few landlords that have done this or that in cash. And then they only do this. They, And then in that case, if you go to a business and pay them that, as long as the business on-ramps through the KYC thing, like if you have 100 people using Dash, you could have them all do the KYC experience. Or you could have 10 of them who just run businesses or whatever else. And then the other 90 of them do it all in like the peer to peer economy. And the on ramp is through other people. Like they, they push that off. All you need is like one person who eventually is doing that through an exchange or whatever else to just basically make it, make the circular economy kind of work. And so um, I would, I'd encourage if if people are not going to put in all that work to like I did to convince my barber to take dash, convince my jujitsu person to take dash, get my contractor, get like if I, all that work, like the the Townsville Australia experience with the Bitcoin Cash Group, where they're just like talking to every single tradesperson, every single barbershop, every single thing, you know. If you're not gonna do that, don't just give up and use fiat. Like, come on, get spreads, go do a li- like reduce your exposure to all this stuff. Just start spending through spreads. Start spending through Bit Refill if you want to like not KYC all your stuff that you do, even though the government knows how much you got. They might just not know where you spent it, you know? Just do a few things. And, like, the thing is, there's a lot of Dash people in the who... I think that this is probably less than most communities. It might not be as little as maybe some people in, like, Bitcoin Cash or Monero or something, but if that, there are still a lot of Dash people who just bought the coin and are just, like, you know can Evan do something like that? It's that, that whole mentality of just, I'm going to buy it. I'm going to vote in these uh, pre in these prescribed elections every month and my rewards will go up and everything will be great. And also who I think a lot of these people are very well-meaning, but I think a lot of people just haven't dug into the, the got their hands on the actual dash that they're, they're a key part of promoting through running masternodes for example and voting and stuff and putting their capital there they don't actually touch the stuff and they have no idea how and i have to say thankfully i know a few ogs you know who obviously can volunteer their information if they want but who recently have gotten out of this not using dash for anything like purely selling some rewards if they need to to actually spending it through stuff like spritz recently and so round small round of applause for those those incremental steps that some people have taken yeah and actually i know some information from you about in australia how to basically pay it's, it you don't need need to even have kyc right mm. you mean the bill pay stuff? yeah yeah bit, um yeah bit refill is working really well here um i think it was earlier this year um the um so it's called Bill Ferries was introduced um, to pay any Australian bill. Um, and it's just awesome. Um, you can pay pretty much any Australian bill. So that could be things like um, just your utilities um, to things like even um, your tax return, um, loan repayments, car repayments, because it's um, in this country, we have um, a single system um, called BPay, which all the banks adhere to and all the billers adhere to. 
and um, anyone can pay into that account for you. It doesn't have to be, it's not like, I, I think in America, you guys have to actually uh, KYC to pay your bills, which is really weird. <laughs> yeah. But here it's just like, um, it's just a number, like an account number and um, you can deposit into that. So what this bill various people do is I guess they just accept the crypto um, or whatever they've got relationship with um, BitRefill and um, then they pay the bill for you. And so you can then pay with Dash. And I've used that service um, a number of times and it's, it's freaking awesome. Mm. So it's, it's brilliant. And with that, you've got the um, um, existing gift card system where you can um, go to the grocery stores here and um, get a digital gift card, which you can use BitRefill for. And so it's just a great way of actually using your crypto. Yeah, um, and I should point out too that um, it's not just Australia, which is great. It's great to have that on board. The US has been the worst forever, and now Spritz exists, so it's the holy land. It's great. It's unless like someone like nukes Spritz, but if you notice with all these banking partner losses, Spritz has just only been growing because they have some really good partnerships with like Chase Bank, for example, like some of the big players that it, you know, they don't. It's always good to know know people, right? But Europeans yeah. have so have been doing this kind of stuff for a while. Like, for example, on my people living on crypto thing, I interviewed um, well, what's his name? Um, I'm only remembering his uh, oh yeah, Jonathan Jonathan Silverblood, who lives up in Finland, lives all on Bitcoin Cash, and mo Finland is a tough place for this stuff. It's like almost as bad as Sweden as far as hard to live on crypto. But he uses swapping, like swapping, but without the G. And he mm. uses that to pay all his bills. And they do support Dash. So if you want to pay all your bills in Dash and you're anywhere in Europe or most of the world, swapping will work. And they don't want to give me a freaking referral code. And I'm angry at them for that. But I'm going to shill them anyway because it's a valuable tool. So between like swapping and then like bit refill, most parts of Europe, you can be pretty covered too. And especially if you just pay a couple bills, be like, you know what? I have a, a recurring whatever utility bill. I'm going to just start trying to pay that with Dash. Sign up for swapping, start doing it. There you are. You're already part of the economy. That's pretty awesome. That's really awesome because um, here in Australia, earlier this year, the um, well, a couple of the banks um, started to limit people's ability to send um, money to crypto exchanges. So they made a new rule, whereas before it was unlimited, and they made this rule where it said, okay, it's going to be $10,000 um, per month. And when you do send that transaction, they're going to block it for the first couple of days as like a cooling off period or something in order to protect you, right? Always to protect you. But the funny thing is, this is something that is um, automatically opted in and you can't opt out. So it's just completely ridiculous. Um, but, you know, this just really highlights the reason why we are in this space why we need crypto because it's your money it's in your bank account yet the bank is somehow telling you how you can spend that money like where's the freedom with that and so it just it really just brings it home while why you need something like dash bitcoin or whatever it is you need to have some form of non-governmental money which is absolutely free you can spend it whenever you want how you want it do whatever you want with it so I'm going to play devil's advocate just for a moment because nice. this for is it, another Jeff. instance of where, you know, we're espousing values that we probably all agree in. We're, we're in a bit of an echo chamber here, but you must understand that when people on 
the let's say statist side of the fence here well that's not very free or you know we're we we need crypto for you know to maintain our privacy and our and our freedom the first question is well what do you have to hide you know they're it's it's this punitive judgmental stance that they have as statists because that's the conditioning right you, you have to understand that they're working from a mindset where as soon as you talk about freedom you are now a villain <laughs> because yeah. you have something to hide what do you need all this freedom for don't you live a great life weren't you raised in america don't you already have all the freedoms that you need or or in your case i'm i think australia wherever yeah. you are if you're in a western nation and and you're dealing with a statist or you're talking to a statist about freedom they have no idea why you're saying that you value freedom it's like the foundation is again completely missing there is no agreement there's you're not agreeing on this foundational tenet that we do need freedom they don't think we need it they think we have it <laughs> because yeah. because they can do whatever they want to do but they're just not trying to do anything interesting that might make other people angry they're just compliant individuals and take, that's the way i'll let some other people chime in first so all, all i'm saying is it's just there there's there's evidence in in the way that many of us speak when we talk about these presumptions that we, well, we need crypto it's not going to go away we need to freedom that's not very free we're operating on a fiat system doing kyc it's like they don't understand that at all there's, it's completely gone that like the need the value absent not even present and I think it's important for us to understand that so that we can speak to it and address it like with 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 all of our approaches. And that's where I was going to say, going back to the, the full circle of, of, of like getting Dash or privacy currencies out into the market. There is this tension in society between this this tyrannical control of centralization that creates these systems that you find so valuable that you can then tap into because it's ubiquitous and that's the thing that i think makes it valuable for a lot of people it's ubiquitous you you can you can pay into a system you can put value in a system and now you can get all your bills paid right that's that that's what we're talking about is just like the model of how credit cards came about how the diners club system began and and then visa and mastercard followed suit and it's the same model and i think we need that kind well we don't need but i think we can learn from how that model came about i think there is a a, a a base case to be made that yes freedom is inherently valuable but it's just going to be to a minority portion until and unless governments start to overstep the western governments really really obviously start to overstep in ways where that push people into that space and that's why they're i think they're trying to get cdbcs up and running because they think that if exactly. they can get cdbcs up and running before they do this clamp down and push that people rather than being pushed into privacy cones will be pushed into cbc's because they're just going to make it more incentivized and operational because it will be ubiquitous and so it'll just be easy and and i think that's going to work for a large percentage of the population i think we just need to be prepared for that and maybe bank on that bank on that plan on that in a certain way yeah my spicy take on that is that values don't actually exist it's only interests and when you have, there's two things going on here. First of all, there's people, how people live their lives is so much more important than what they say. My values. Okay. What's your life? What's your lifestyle? 
If it's mm-hmm. no different from anyone else, your values are bullshit. <laughs> no offense, but like if you don't live any different from anywhere else, what you all the values we talk about are just virtue signaling to other people who say the same thing. So we're trying to say I am one of you guys, but it's it mm-hmm. doesn't practically matter. Now interests are something different, and. For example, if you notice, the early adopters of cryptocurrency, not the early pontificators, but the early adopters are people in things like a lot of illicit trades or things like that or political refugees or whatever. People whose interests, whose actual economic interests need this stuff. And there are some people who I would call kind of in-betweeners like us who our actual day-to-day interests don't lead us into needing this stuff. But yet we do not only talk about it, but we also live our lives according to this. It's clearly in our interest, but we are kind of more of an investor mindset in that we it's we see that it will be in our 100% interest in like 10 years. And we, we are investing in our future interest where basically we are perfectly compliant and legal and everything. Again, you know, you know again, I'm not assuming maybe some of you guys are, are, are naughty boys out there, but uh, today we are. But we see 10 years down the road a world in which the world, the peaceful way we're living today could cause us to be debanked and stuff like that. And so we're investing for that eventuality. But that's, it's still interest. It's still our own financial self-interests. And when people say, oh, I don't believe that kind of stuff, it's just that either they are short-sighted or, you know, they're, they're, they're completely accurate about today, but they're being very short time preference on that. Or they have their interests involved in being part of the owner class of people. That they have interest in a world that is not free because they're going to be running it. And so it's not so much of a, an ideological difference. That's just, when, that's just what people say to sound smart when they try to say like, well, you know, blah, blah, blah. They're really just telling you it's not in my interest today or maybe my interests in the future are explicitly the opposite of this because I'm one of the goons who's going to be kicking down your door, Chuck, when you're trying to use your freedom money, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think the word that I would uh, that I tend to use or the framework that I tend to use is incentives. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to be honest, like I've gone through, so I've been married twice. I've been through a couple divorces and and what we're talking about here in a lot of ways is... Uh, reminiscent of some of the evolutionary psychology things that I've been studying um, over the, you know, since my most, my divorce a couple of years ago, um, understanding the dynamics between men and women. And, and there appears to be a, um, a let's say a delta between mm-hmm. stated preferences and behaved preferences in both men and women. There's a, there's, there's a higher degree in, in in women than men but but there is a a large yeah. delta between social signaling well, yes and, and 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 there's even the studies that have come out like um a a woman's attractiveness rating of a man is less predictive of his success in the dating market than a man's rating of another man in his uh toughness rating mm-hmm. okay um it's and and there's all kinds of things that can be can be pulled from that but the basic idea is that i think to some degree we all are victims of our own minds in virtue signaling 
Like we will say things that we think are the right thing to say to fit in. You know, that's like just the natural kind of yeah, tribalistic of base mentality. But I think like as I'm listening to us talk, there's there's also evidence of values, like real values that you may call interests that I think are like I think our values are backed out of experiences or, mm -hmm. you know, and, and often suffering. <laughs> I think part of the human experience of suffering causes us to say, well, that didn't work or this does work. And so I'm going to do more of this or I'm going to do less of that. If you're a rational individual and most of us are not rational, even like there's a there's a apparently a small percentage of us that are rational and we just do what society tells us to do. We're mostly compliant in that way. I mean, look at the Milgram experiment, right? Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if you guys know about that, but well, we'll there's there's a lot of reasons. If you do your if you do your research, there's ways to, to find that we humans do not act logically, do not act rationally, do not judge well for ourselves or others most of the time. And so we waste a lot of time just pontificating and talking and virtue signaling so that we can just kind of fit in and, and not be ostracized from a group. Yeah. And then there is a minority of us that reach for the future and aim at something. And I think that's the chasm that we yeah. find ourselves. And I would in. even call it historically an unsuccessful minority because the human species is a social species and it works super well. And historically, all this weird, non irrational behavior is what has gotten us to survive as a species to this day. And it just maybe is getting a little outdated in, for, in terms of like some of these tribalistic kind of tendencies. But a lot of this kind of pontificating virtue sailing, um, it might be better to think of it as um, negotiating for your interests. And so like, for example, you see this all the time in ways like, for example, when Elon Musk says some something out of pocket on online, mm -hmm. right? And a lot of what he's saying is negotiation tactics right he's negotiating with the advertisers like oh disney go go screw yourself all that kind of stuff right a lot of that is nego is playing hardball in a negotiation thing and he's, mm -hmm. he's really just trying to advance the interests of the company and the platform and other things like that and a lot of people when you know and arguably with like the dash privacy discussion which again in terms of values and fundamentals nothing has changed but when there was this whole negotiation signaling of like we're just like bitcoin is it's was an attempt at the people by the people doing that to negotiate a better a um, a better outcome for dash in the regulatory regulated exchange environment and i guess the um the signaling on that has unfortunately so is what kind of didn't pan out on that end but the signaling also had ramifications because it signaled to other people it it negotiated dash out of a club right a club of mm -hmm. like the, the the cypherpunks and it's kind of funny because like bitcoin cash is somehow more in despite having nothing in the protocol having anything to do with privacy is somehow more in that camp than dash is today purely on a negotiation front because it never negotiated that away and so it'll be interesting to see when there's a what some have believed to be a 180 on negotiation where people are going to be like coming like what what's going to be the result of this are people going to be like why did you say this in the past when you say this now it's or 
are they going to be like, oh my gosh, look, it's a, like, it'll be interesting to see what people's attitudes towards Dash's actual privacy technology are going to be based on this whole thing. This, you know, just based on that, all of a sudden, the the facts of you click this button, the master nodes negotiate, this goes around and then there, and then the change gets burned when you, like, all that reality, all of a sudden people's technical <laughs> opinions on that are going to change based on social signaling, in my opinion, which is kind of, it's going to be wild to see. So Chuck, yeah. a, couple, a couple things that you said there, I, I really agree with. One being that um, most people just want to fit in to a group. And then the other one was that people respond to incentives. And if there's one thing that I've kind of learned over my, my time in, in Dash and in crypto, it's that there are like the vast majority of people, they just want to, they just want somebody else to figure something out and then they want to just fit into that. Mm -hmm. But it's up to the, it's up to the small, um, the small number of leaders to, to make something that, that actually works for them, that is the right incentive for them to jump onto and to fit into because you know, the, the, the fiat world has crazy good incentives in a lot of ways. Like it's, as far as I can see, most of the population is directly employed either directly or indirectly by the government, by the central banks, essentially. Well, that's measurable. Yeah. Over 60% of the American economy's GDP is from the federal government now, for sure. Mm -hmm. Right. So when crypto comes around and kind of threatens that, we need to give them an alternative that's even better. So like, I know I keep beating this drum, but we, we need to give people like the jobs, the jobs that the governments and uh, central banks through the banking sector, through loans and things like that, give them, we need to provide that in order for, in order to bring those masses over and they will follow if we give them a good enough incentive. And for most people, it's just, being able to have a job that pays their bills uh, that is all the incentive that they need. Like if, if, if crypto was knocking at their door with a job offer that paid them more in terms of purchasing power than their government job, then they would jump over and then they would, they would be, they're still followers, but they're followers of a better system. Um, and as far as I'm concerned, and, and they'd be happy to jump over, but we just haven't given them, that other uh, that other option. So my I'm always like I'm not very good um, reminiscer or you know I don't look at the past very often. I'm always looking at the future. So I'm glad that this is more of a focused on 2024 than rather rather than like what happened in 2023 and just kind of going over the past because I I genuinely want to create a better future and it's all about like we all kind of are on the same page as far as like what we want to build but the strategies uh, about getting there can be vastly different and so i'm just curious like what what do people think like what do we need to actually do uh to get people on board the normies that maybe they don't care about privacy maybe they haven't crossed maybe the government hasn't crossed that line to where they're saying okay no more i'm looking for alternatives um, <laughs> So what, what do we need to do in order to get those, uh, get, get the mass well, of, of people? So I'll go, I, I mean, I have pages and pages of material on this, so I'll go last, maybe get like 
Yeah, let me jump in because I, I actually need to go. Yeah. Um, Halawi, yeah. I'd love to. I, like, um, yeah. So, yeah, I've given this ton of thought. And actually, all of my major projects in my life are completely oriented around this idea of building a better future, the kind of future that I want that is incentivized, that's, you know, let's say compliant, but, you know, only in the way that it's not um in your face anti anything right so i've got one major project if anyone wants to check it out voluntaria.community um 52 acres in florida where i'm building an intentional community and we will build this together if you want to check it out you can buy in as an owner and and consider building on the land that i that i'm creating in in voluntary we will run it as a as a uh, a sort of a commune but not really we're we're it's going to be a voluntarist group of people and and there's gonna be a long vetting process so that's building incentives is is a big part of that we're we're about entrepreneurialism we're about families we're about uh, sustainable living you know all the things that we believe are good but also freedom um and so i've got another project called the doom vitae that's about organizing prioritizing and incentivizing any human endeavor it's like a project management system um, I'm actually getting down to writing probably my fourth attempt at, at encoding this thing. But I'm, I'm saying all this just in answer to the question, what do we need to do? I have fundamentally landed on the, the principle that we need to build anti-fragile systems that allow align with the technological forces of the future. And I got a couple books that I recommend often, Nassim Nicholas Taleb, Anti-Fragile, and... Um, Kevin Kelly's The Inevitable. Um, the subtitle is Understanding the 12 Technological Forces That Will Shape Our Future. I think if we understand these forces and we understand incentives and we understand how to build anti-fragile things, like fiat is fragile. Fee all fiat currencies die eventually. It's predictable. It's just a matter of time, but many times they, they last longer than a generation. So people don't feel it in, in their own lifetime, but it happens. So my point is, I think that we need to understand or understand, as the spiritualists may say, the um, these principles, these forces that drive the fundamentals of incentives. And I think even the statists can be won over if we can just make a really good argument. And I, I agree with you in this way, Ryan, present something that's better. Like everybody, all these statists are like, they just presume the state is the way, the law is the way, legal is the way, agencies are the way, institutions are the way. But we haven't really presented anything better, right? We as a, as a community, but, but I think what, that's just a matter of perception. What we need to do is show people, show the world how we humans are designed in certain ways. I use designed because I believe that there is a conscious nature to our being um and and our creation and so we are designed in a certain way all of us to do certain things and if we can align with those designs there is uniqueness among us and some of us are leaders and some of us are followers and i think that's great that pareto principle falls comes out in this way we just need to understand these things to attract not everybody but the right people and I think in this room group, we, we and, and the right people just need to be very clearly defined. And that just brings us back to the basics of tribalism. I think we do need to embrace tribalism, not assume that it's a bad thing, but also recognize when it's gone too far into like identity politics. And that's just that's when it's too far, when you're passing laws and compelling people to say or not say certain things through laws. 
then we have a problem. And so I think we just need to draw a clear boundary of what's good tribalism and what's too much identity politics, what's good incentives and what's too much coercion and 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 be very clear about that and draw hard lines about that i think like monero has in a lot of ways just by presenting themselves in a certain way like the whole community i don't say i want to say that they're united i think there is obviously a lot of divisions even within the monero community but they've been pretty consistent about kind of raising the middle finger to compliance you know as a basic mm -hmm. rule and for that they've been rewarded with a committed community of people who believe and share those values because they've been yeah. continuously espoused. And I think yeah. Dash's problem in this way has been the wishy-washiness of, oh, could could we comply? Could we hold on to our privacy and still comply? You know, mm -hmm. could we could we do the KYC and make everybody privately happy? You know, like I don't the, the, it's it's this, you know, straddling the fence kind of stance that I think has really split the community and caused them to wash out into other communities that have taken one side or the other you know mm -hmm. that's 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 so embrace the incentives the fundamental incentives that motivate us that share values and maybe be clear in our selection of what that let's say brand is um mm -hmm. and 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 take a hard and difficult stance and and be ready to defend it um i think anybody in this room probably could and would but, you know, the average person who is just waiting for that right thing that that does align with these values that we espouse and virtue signal upon, uh, they're not going to be able to defend it because they haven't thought it through. They're too busy trying to work and pay their bills. So I think you're right. The job offer and in, 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 in something that is incentively aligned with their values is is going to make it easier for people to come over. It's a hard road, really, to stand up for, for values in the face of a tide that's coming against you. So... With that, Absolutely. I'll plan to drop off. Appreciate everybody's time. All right. Peace, Chuck. Thanks for coming in. Peace, Chuck. Yeah. Don't be a stranger. Right on. Good to see everybody. Yep. yep. See Peace. You, Chuck. See you. Yep. Um, one thing I think is astute about that, by the way, is um, I, I, the Monero versus the Monero signaling, they've always been very strong in the signaling, been a minority because of the strength of the signaling is in not everyone's fully ready for that hardcore of a message however also that was like the bitcoin screw the state sovereignty kind of message and bitcoin had the monopoly on it and so monero was only for like the really radical you know people who don't shower or whatever on that whole end of the front um but then as as bitcoin has become more and more divide they they're having their own you know what i could call 2017 18 19 dash identity crisis moment where they're trying to pretend to be you know screw the state kind of money but then they're also useless at that and trying to censor coin join transactions and trying to become super institutional and like etf daddy please like all that kind of stuff and so they're kind of losing that and then as they're shaking up and all the people that are falling, like the narrow people are going like collecting them as they fall. And there, there's a piece of the pie that we can definitely get to there. But, um, hello, do you have any thoughts on that, on Ryan's challenge of how do we, how do we make it happen? Um, in terms of just adoption and mm -hmm. I think, I mean, I've said it before. I think the, um, 
well, in my case, you know, I got into basically Bitcoin at the time because, you know, I was a political refugee. I saw what capital controls did, came from a communist country. So I have the similar experience to Venezuelans and um, Cubans, things like that. So it was um, when I talked to a lot of my in-laws, uh, that's what I would bring up because to them, just like Chuck was saying, there's no, um, they don't see the immediate danger because it's, it is probably far away from that in, in some ways. It's a short time preference. But, um, you know, it's hard to explain to them that these are the small incremental aggressions that will lead to that eventually if you don't stand up for it. And if you, once you do stand up for it, because you've noticed that by then they've already passed all these things that keep you under. And so that's just, mm -hmm. that's just hard to communicate that. Um, unfortunately, my neighbors and friends, they got into crypto because of the bull run mm -hmm. last time around. And there I was, I was like, well, look into the project, look into like what's behind it. And I'd say maybe one out of five did, and they kind of stuck around. Yeah, so, that makes sense. What you're talking about, like you're trying to pitch about it's coming down the road. Um, yeah. As far as like we're pitching a, like the better system, a free crypto world is a much better world than the current fiat world, but not, it doesn't exist yet. And so the, the average normie is at the point where they can get paid just as easily in Dash. They can spend Dash just as easily. Everything works just as, you know, they can back up their wallet just as easily as they can, like, get into their bank account. When it becomes just as easy or easier, like, you won't have to explain anything. They'll just they'll just like lemmings just like flood over into something like that. The people we're talking to now are the people we're pitching investors and I'm not saying literal monetary, like people to like buy a masternode and hope this does well kind of investor. We're telling people learn how to use the freedom tools today before it becomes in your immediate mm -hmm. self-interest in the future. And like, that's again, people like me, like Halawi, like people like who see, uh, who have experienced in some ways the kinds of things that we tell that the normie doesn't care about because it's not in their life today. The Huns are not at the gates yet. But so people like us are willing to do investor mindset, um, things that don't, they're willing to do things that make, like investing makes absolutely zero uh, practical sense for anyone. It's, it's completely idiotic to invest because you're just, you're spending money and you're getting literally nothing for it right now, right? The only reason people invest is they hope they get more money in the future. And so, but in the, in today investing is, is moronic. It just doesn't make just so dumb because you're just spending money and getting nothing from it today. But then in the future you get stuff. And so it does what do not make, what do you think? <laughs> I mean, I would add just real quick. Um, where I did see where I changed people's minds and I was able to actually get them to look at projects was business conferences. Um, specifically, my case was e-commerce conferences in Austin, been to Utah. A lot of folks in Utah just got it <laughs> because they're kind of that, got that business mindset. They understand some economics. There's a lot more business mindset there. Um, so anywhere where there's centers, I can confirm. Being yeah, I, I've, I saw a lot with <laughs> go to these conferences. 
there'll be a lot of Mormons. And I say a lot, a lot of Mormons get crypto and just, they just got it right away. And yeah, other for very good people, reasons. Yeah, they just got it. And so I think that's where we should, um, those people also communicate with people who are not business folks. And I think at dinner tables, Thanksgivings and, dinner, and Christmas and all that, I think they're able to convince folks um, better than a cyber cypher punk person can. There's definitely yeah. going to be a meme, a mid-journey graphic or whatever of, you know, the, the ladder dash saints coming, <laughs> knocking door to door with a little, with the white paper yeah. or whatever. <laughs> like there's a, there's a lot of overlap. I'll tell you as a, as a Mormon myself, <laughs> a Latter-day Saint and a diehard crypto fan, there is a huge overlap at both in turn, even with the, the stuff Chuck was talking about with tribalism, like we've all got our own little communities what we call wards where we go to church we have huge network effects everybody knows at least 30 percent of the neighborhood that they live in so there's a reason why network marketing has taken off in utah and it's just because of that tight close to your neighbors because you go to church with them all the time and you see them at activities that kind of stuff that that's what makes it so easy to to bring products to a network is, is that kind of culture. And um, yeah, so uh, I, go ahead and finish your point, Huawei. I kind of yeah. cut you off there. No, that's right. It's just, I think, focusing on more small business owners. There's a lot that's of something. Yeah. That's something that could be key for us. Not They're decision makers. Like they, they get to decide, okay, I'm going to enable crypto payments on my website. And all they need is a few people to ask for it, you know? Hmm. Yeah, and the the thing is, I there when we talk about all these like social s signalings and stuff, there is no such thing as a normal person, right? There is, there's, I guess it may be overlapping Venn diagrams of normal people, but there's people who are in a certain segment or pocket. And as conditions shift, I've noticed the kinds of people that are willing to entertain crypto have very much shifted. In the beginning, it's just super cypherpunk nerd and hardcore anarcho-libertarian people. That was just the only people who cared about this stuff. And then you start getting other people. Then you start getting, mm -hmm. like, now you expand to just, like, the Vitalik people, the, like, the nerds who are just into, like, just the tech people. The kind of people who are into, like, AI today are, like, the people who are into you know, the smart contract space and stuff. And like, oh, they like, it. they like it because they want to play around with stuff. And it's just too hard with legacy systems to build and play around. And then you have like the, obviously the, um, what is it? The, the immigrant remittance, whatever kind of segment that kind of comes in your little wheelhouse there. And then you have like certain political segments that like it, before it was radical libertarians, now like mainstream libertarians, like, the Libertarian Party starts tweeting about Bitcoin a little bit, and then you get some of these, um, like Foundation of Economic Education starts mentioning it, and Reason Magazine, like the really normie fringes of the Libertarian, or normie segments of the Libertarian movement start paying attention. And then you start getting like, you know, conservatives, like US, like US conservatives um, talking about, you know, that kind of stuff, because they're, I've had a lot of like hardcore Trump people um, take an interest in crypto because they, they, are starting to get afraid of deplatforming and stuff where they did not care like 
three years ago, for example. Now they're starting to come online into the into the purview. And so the idea that Dash is a normie coin, the normies are going to accept Dash, is it, it's a phase by phase thing. You know, we got to get a phase, we got to get a, a get a certain segment of people that are ready for the message now. And then we get another segment of who, when it, that time has come, et cetera, et cetera. And so one thing I've noticed is um, like feedback, market feedback is important, right? And I'm kind of in two worlds, right? I am the live on crypto guy and I'm also the dump all over Bitcoin guy, right? And those are two very different things because uh, I'm you know, monetized on Twitter or whatever. So whenever I post some outrageous put whenever I post something about like, you know, big, you know, Bitcoin's becoming custodial, whatever, I get tons of attention and just goes everywhere and people rage comment or they, they fist bump, they do whatever mm -hmm. else. And so that kind of like superficial attention, you know, not, I mean, I'm financially profiting off of it. Yes. Because, you know, screw the maxis, whatever. But that's a very different level of attention from like the private message level of attention. No one private messages me to be like, oh, hey, I saw you talk about Bitcoin and Lightning Network and all this kind of stuff. The way this is shaping up. Awesome job. I want to subscribe to your stuff. Or No one says that. Not a single private message does that. They just public yes. All the private messages are like, hey, man, so like I'd be wanting to learn how to live all of a crypto. I don't know where to start. Well, can you help me learn how to do this stuff? And it's like they're very different worlds, but they're mm -hmm. the same thing. And I've noticed the uptick of people from different backgrounds of this, the latter camp, like there's the noise and there's a signal, right? And people who want to, they're not just gonna give you like, and through their attention to advertisers pay you this way. There's people wanting to actually directly pay me to teach them how to you know, start using some of these services and things like that. And so that group of people, I have to say, um, this is like, I have a million things I could do in life, right? And in crypto. But what made me decide, I think I'm going to like go all in on promoting Dash again, is just come, came from my own data set of every time people say, oh, I want to live all off of this. And just like, what is the best way to recommend they do this? And I'm looking at it and I'm just like, all roads lead to Dash in this case. Because um, Bitcoin just freaking forget it right um a friend who some of you might recognize i won't I'm not going to dox him here but uh, as i tweeted the other day paid like an 882 dollar bitcoin transaction fee because he'd been do it he bought the freedom money message many years ago and was just taking small payments for his business and then just now is like okay i got like a a lump i'm gonna like consolidate mm -hmm. it i'm gonna throw it through, you know, I'm going to do whatever, leave it for my children, and then consolidation of inputs and just brutal. And so Bitcoin's yeah. off the table. What else works? And so like, for example, in the US, which, there's two big things. Which thing, one, which, what, can you buy it on Coinbase? Two, is it supported on Spritz? Three, is it supported on BitRefill? And other than stable coins and centralized garbage and super high fee shit. The only thing that checks all those boxes today is Dash. And so 
I can just help someone go to Coinbase, buy it, sign up for Spritz, spend it on just about everything, and then do bit for, bit refill if you want some more privacy while doing it. And I could do that right now. And that's the big difference because um, I've noticed this. Oh, we have a, we have a visitor. Um, I've noticed this because uh, over time, um, like people say like, oh, just use Monero, just use Monero. Ugh. And I'm not going to be shitting on Monero in this thing, by the way. It's, you know, it works. It's pretty private. It, they stay true to a mission that I believe very strongly in. But when you say that kind of stuff, um, then what's the next step? For years, it was just, it was just like hyperbole. It was just like, oh, but there's nothing to do with it. And then Dash Direct came out, and I got a bunch of Monero people to use Dash Direct. And then the Cake Wallet kind of jumped on board and started doing similar things to that. And now you have some things you can do with Monero, but it's just like, how can I pay my rent? How can I buy it easily? And just like, well, there's local Monero to do this and blah, blah, blah. It, it just doesn't make sense for a person wanting to do this, right? A realistic, hardcore Monero supporter, cypherpunk person trying to live all of crypto would be like, you want to get Monero and Dash. Use Monero wherever you can, but everywhere else you got to use Dash. That would be the honest to goodness thing you'd tell someone and be like, you know what? Over time, you can find more people to take your Monero directly. You can do this. And, but, but right now, you want to pay your fucking rent? One option and only one option. Um, but anyway, hi, Quantum. Um, I know you're muted right now and you're, you're blinded or whatever. Um, how's it going? Can you hear us? He said, oh, no, I thought it was yeah. tomorrow. <laughs> I think people are asking for. Sorry, I got the days mixed up. Ah, and I just woke up. <laughs> it's all right. How's um, everybody doing? Pretty good. I'm. Yeah. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it today. This is. It is time. Um, <laughs> oh, I need to uh, do my hair. No, I think, oh, listen, people will believe oh, that you disappear intellect a little more with a hairdo like that. So. Mm, it's a little Ultra. bit like uh, uh, Rick and Morty, you know, like the crazy hair. Twenty yeah, percent accurate as usual, Morty. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Joel, I think people are asking for XK's take on kind of adoption on the chat, at least. Oh yeah, so. go for it. Yeah, I'd like to. Uh, stable coin. So yeah, yeah, I think that's a big um, turn off for for regular people. They come in and they're not interested in the volatility. Mm -hmm. And so it's hard to convince someone to put their life savings into you know, any crypto when they could be exposed to potentially you know, 80% or more price drop if they buy it at, a, um, at an inopportune time, which they will, right? Because they're going to buy in when there's a lot of FOMO, there's a lot of excitement. That's mm -hmm. when most people get in and it drops. Um, so, yeah, some kind of stable coin where there is no counterparty risk and that would mean like, it's not a terror, it's not a USDC, right? Because we saw earlier this year, um, USDC depegged when they lost their, um, uh, one of their banks, Silvergate had a bunch of money there and that bank became inoperable and it depegged, it went down to 70 cents or so um, for a bit there. So, you know, it just goes to show you how vulnerable the um, existing stable coins are. We saw um, an algorithmic stable coin with, um, the Terra Luna collapse. So that doesn't work. Um, but we have seen um, a stable coin with, well, uh, make a die, 
where they use um, it's collateralized stable coin using a bunch of assets, and that seems to work. So if if we were to make something like that on Dash, where um, we'd use a whole bunch of Dash to um, over collateralize the, the stable coin, then you know, that could be something because not everybody wants to be exposed to to the crazy market. And I think if you offer them yeah. sort of like a one for one and go, okay, well. Now you can get in, you're not going to um, be exposed to the volatility. Here you can um, spend your, your Dash on these platforms like BitRefill, Spritz, whatever it is. Um, it's going to make a lot more sense. I think Absolutely. the other thing we need, um, and it will just happen automatically, is that the governments will just clamp down more and more um, on people's freedom and um, financial privacy with CBDCs that will come. But even even before then, like I've already had um, a friend of mine last year, um, they got paid a, um, an incorrect uh, payment to their account. Mm. Uh, it was made by a, a large um, insurance company and they actually paid it to the wrong account. And when this happened, her account was frozen for up to a week while the bank was uh, trying to figure out what went wrong and to get that payment sorted out. And so she did nothing wrong at all. It was just a mistake made by um, this insurance company. And it was like a large sum of money. It was like over $100,000. Um, and yeah, her bank account was frozen because of you know, potential fraud during that time while they were figuring out what went wrong. They found out it was a payment by an insurance company, reversed it. But the thing is, like, since they're trying to push us more and more towards an electronic or digital system, especially here in Australia, um, the cashless society, right? Something like that could really murder you if you're dependent on, you know, having your bank account um, working to you know, to do all sorts of things like um, pay for the supermarket, your bills, whatever. So that's something that pushes people, and it actually made her more interested in cryptocurrency as well. Um, but what puts her off is, and you know, the chart, right? The, the horrible volatility, um, and obviously. With Dash, like today, we're down 11%, so that's like brutal. But even Bitcoin, right? Like it went from where was it 69k down to 16k in the space of a year in 2022. Um, few people are going to tolerate that if they're all in, mm-hmm. and that's, um, and that's a big barrier, I think, to to really getting people adopt this and treat it seriously. Yeah. So there's a couple of different things to that i mean obviously the how we actually achieve some of these front end um innovations back end is yeah there's a lot of work to be done a lot of argumentation a lot of all that kind of stuff but i absolutely agree that there needs to be that stable coins are an interim tool that are very useful today and the other thing though that so when i was first you know right when the um the proposal cycle had ended. I happened to be that night um, going out for going out to um, dinner with some crypto people who will mean a name, but and they were very they were talking about Zcash and like about oh you know let's hope let, how do we get Zcash on on board on this and I mentioned that I was doing similar things with Dash and they're like oh what are you, what are you some ideas and I said well first of all everything needs to work like the wallets need to work everything just needs you need to be able to just download something. It syncs right away. You spend it. It works. But the other thing I said, I would say you need a stable coin, like a private stable coin, a shielded stable coin or whatever. And you need a 
Bitcoin stablecoin, a wrapped Bitcoin that people will trust and use. And like it or not, there we're entering this phase where Bitcoin's getting to be this like settlement asset thingy. I am very bearish on the prospect of Bitcoin going anywhere in terms of the next five to maybe even 10 years. Past that, who knows? You know, it might just become a dinosaur coin and just no one uses it. But, you know, the future is hard to predict. This is everything's very new and stuff. But I do think that a lot of people are are their mental model is I need fiat to pay my bills, obviously. But then the second mental model that's really starting to happen is I need fiat to pay my bills, but I, I don't trust fiat's going to work, going to hold its value forever. So I buy Bitcoin, too. And that's just the the dual mental model that people are on today. And it's not, well, Bitcoin, but what about other crypto? Like for the normie people? No, they're not there. So sure, we can get some of the hardcores to be like, oh, I like the digital cash vision. I love Dash. I'm going to use that for all my stuff. But then there's a lot of people that are just like, they want to save in Bitcoin. And if you allow them to obviously save in Bitcoin, spend in Dash, Okay, but even better, what if you save in Bitcoin and spend in Bitcoin all things to Dash? And so that's the, the real thing is just think about the, the struggle that think about the market struggles, right? Bitcoin, people use Bitcoin and then Bitcoin became harder to use. And then so people were like, okay, well, let's do the Lightning Network. And then or anyone who's used Lightning. It, it has some interesting applications and some innovations and stuff. But for anyone who's used it for a payment substitute, the worst thing. Like, how would any? How do we get this far with so many billions of dollars into development and how many businesses built their entire model around running Lightning? And the use, like, you just don't know if a payment's going to go through. And it, and anytime the fees spike, which is the entire value proposition according to what people were sold, at least then it just all breaks and doesn't work. And then, oh, there's no route. And we got to have a giant basket of liquidity just so payments can move. It's just like, it's the worst, but people still did that so they could spend Bitcoin. And now they're going back to, oh, Blockstream's liquid. Let's do a, a trusted federation of where you need one. You can, only with, you can only withdraw your Bitcoin from liquid with explicit permission from one of the federation signatories. It's just like the Hotel California. You can put your Bitcoin in, but you can never leave. And people are pushing this because they want to spend their Bitcoin. And then in the meantime, Litecoin is surging in transaction volumes, but especially on payment processors and things like that, that are like actual adoption indicators. And it's just because Litecoin's as close as they can get to Bitcoin to just spending their Bitcoin. And so I think the market's freaking telling us something, right? The market's telling us some people believe in Bitcoin, they want to spend their Bitcoin. And why shouldn't they be paying Dash network fees to masternode operators and miners to do their Bitcoin? Why shouldn't they have instant send to send their Bitcoin? Um, so when's that coming out, Quantum? Well, that's actually like <laughs> a, a very hard uh, feature, to yeah. say the least. It's like building lightning on top of Dash. That, and we don't want to do that. Yeah. I mean, you just said how bad lightning was. Um, in the end, like you want a system that's on chain or that has like a remnants on chain uh, on a different chain, right? On a, mm -hmm. It could be on the Dash uh, chain. But um, I 
you know, also, this is the first time I've ever heard of it. So um, sending Bitcoin through Dash mm-hmm. or I've heard of it, but I've never actually thought about it. I would need time to think of a potential solution. I don't I think like uh, we should probably start with um, a stable coin, though. Compared yeah, to absolutely. Sending uh, on Bitcoin. That's no, the way I see it would work is it would be a wrapped Bitcoin, wouldn't it? So the Masternode network would keep a copy of the Bitcoin ledger. You'd send in your Bitcoin to um, you know, to some some address that the Masternodes control. They all agree that we've got that Bitcoin, and then they give you back a tokenized version of it, Bitcoin, and then the reverse is also. Yeah, but there's a few problems there. <laughs> mm-hmm. First one is how do you deal with change, right? Like, you know, you have one Bitcoin and uh, you want to send it um, to, you know, uh, I have one Bitcoin on the on the Bitcoin network and I want to send 0.5 to um, to UXK. So I let's say it's wrapped. OK, great. Um, well, then, I mean, there'd have to be a settlement layer. Finally, I, I mean, it, it couldn't actually give change on the Bitcoin network. It would have to like give virtual change, and then it would have to settle. But if you settled, the uh, the mass node network only can actually produce uh, a certain type of signature in, uh, decentralized. Otherwise, everything is centralized, right? Uh, and the uh, it can only produce BLS signatures, uh, threshold recovered BLS signatures. But Bitcoin doesn't understand uh, those types of signatures, so it's not like uh, it's not something that can be done. Um, easily at least or a way that i can think of in a decentralized manner and i don't really like doing centralized features just to yeah i don't I have to, it's not a good idea to do centralized features in on the dash network yeah for sure yeah. Uh, to a certain extent um if there's a capability people will figure out a way to do it i don't like centralized stable coins yet somehow freaking tether is like top of the world um, and all this stuff is like, um, all this, all this stuff is obviously not the dash investors priority, right? The dash investor wants the dash loves the dash coin, wants the dash coin to be sent here and there and everywhere. And like all that kind of stuff wants to price things in dash, wants to price their first born child in dash or whatever, or name them dash, or whatever it is. But when you're talking about creating a, a consumer technology as a service provider, you know, you, you want to do things for what people will pay for. And so to a certain extent, there's there's always going to be like, there's a Venn diagram of like, what is Dash's purpose? And then what do people want to pay for? And over time, eventually those Venn diagrams should like a, almost 100% overlap. But in the interim time, there's only like, there's only this much. And then if we can expand that over and provide, be able to provide more things that people want. And so it just, it's interesting to just keep some, some minds out for like what, what would be some interesting stuff. But if someone could make a dash, uh, like a Bitcoin token, for example, or uh, obviously a stable coin first and foremost, but like a Bitcoin token, um, I don't know. That'd be, that'd be interesting. I, I don't know very little about wrapping and bridging mechanics on other chains like Ethereum and stuff. So you'll all leave smarter people to figure out if that's possible or feasible, I should say. 
I mean, it's always like uh, there. You can always do things, right? Yeah, everything's well, possible. Mm -hmm. But, but then, well, well, yeah, and also like, what are the risk factors, right? Is the risk factor that like one entity gets either like can just run away with, uh, you know, ten thousand Bitcoin, or uh, can one entity, um, you know, get uh, get us get forcibly like halted? uh by a government agency like there's a lot of things like that that you have to kind of worry about um now i it's it's just we always want to overcome those things to like really get decentralization in our system um and uh you know bitcoin doesn't have is not very feature rich in terms of um in terms of you know they i don't think they've had a hard fork since 2000 or keep, somebody keep me honest, 2013? 10. 10. Okay, there we go. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, so that'll, that'll be up to just the technology and the markets kind of coalescing. Like, if you asked me five years ago if I thought that stable coins should be important in Dash's future, I'd be like, get out of here. And obviously, yeah, the same. obviously yeah. I was, I was, I think I was straight up wrong but also I, it was just it wasn't true yet it became much more true and i think that in five more years i don't think anyone's really going to care too much about stable coins or at least not usd stable coins but that's just a thought yeah someone was asking about uh, dash argentina i mean dash in argentina like uh, doing some projects and um i'll say if you don't have a stable coin there especially with their super high inflation it's just not going to work because of the volatility is even worse than the to them can be worse than their local coin um currency so yeah and there was a what bitcoin did episode where in argentina and it was really good this one part where uh what's his name again um peter peter yeah he's like hey i have a usdt from ethereum and the guy's like, no, we're not touching that over here. Like, that's too high a fee. So like, we use Tron USDT. And I was like, mm -hmm. oh, my God. <laughs> so and it was, it, I remember his comments on that. It was like a surprise to him. But, yeah. like, the rest of us have been living in that, that hell so, for, like, a few years now. where We're just, like, freaking Tron. But, like, it's a big slice. It's like a quarter of bit refills volume yeah. or something like that for a reason. Yeah. So they didn't care that it's a... DPOS 21 validators where they eat each other and it's really two, three validators in charge. They don't care about that. So they just, it's just, yeah. yeah. Now one thing I have to say about that, cause I have seen people complain about USDT on Tron, like Latin Americans complain about it is, um, first of all, the fees are too high. They're not very high, but they're like sometimes like a few cents or like 50 cents or sometimes depending on network conditions. Right. Um, but also that they need to have some Tron for gas. And it's just like, what the hell is this? Tr like, they just want to send dollars, but then they have to play the weird shitcoin game type thing to make it work. So yeah, that's how it works. Yeah. yeah, unfortunately. So I guess the, the, um, hi Marina. Happy, happy Dashmas. It's not <laughs> a couple of days later. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you're just talking about stable coins and gas for stable coins. So quantum, do you, or anyone else who's more technically minded, are there any ways to make 
stable coins spendable for their own gas or tokens spendable for their own gas. And I'm not necessarily talking at the root of it, but I'm talking about in the user experience to where I have an entire, like I have a stable coin, like I have a hundred USDT and I want to send it and I don't have to have this ETH or Dash balance on the side that I could see. I don't have to keep buying some to send it. Yeah, yeah, actually that's not even, I mean, it's not an easy problem, but it's not a very hard problem either. Um, well, it depends on the token, the type of token that you're dealing with as well. But for, um, you know, a stable coin, yes, we could have a contract just for a small market uh, where people could post their uh, exchanges. And uh, like, you know, if you, you would just, you would just um, convert um, USDT to Dash and then pay the fee in the same, like, as an atomic operation. So you would actually give Dash to, I'm sorry, you would give USDT to another identity. That other identity would give you a little bit of Dash and pay for the, the, um, the transaction itself. Yeah. And now I know that um, obviously we're hoping for a, a better, like a more perfect option, but it should be easy to do this with Tether right? Get Tether to issue something on Dash and just do it with USDT. And well, that that's a business dev um, thing, right? Like, but I think uh, first we need platform out or close to be out like within a month. Um, and uh, yeah, so uh, I wonder if anybody here is gonna say when Evo. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. So can you <laughs> in case what? I can you repeat that again? When? No, no. <laughs> no, you said like, did you give a date? No, 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 oh. no dates. Oh, sorry, I misheard. Okay, okay, sorry. No, 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 no. no. Let's keep this uh, talk friendly. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the when. Well, and if we have uh, those who haven't seen version one hundred and eight of the Maya protocol, um, he'll always got the memes going. Oh, for yeah. The when of that too. <laughs> yeah. But um, I do think that, uh, you know, we if we get USDT on and USDC and all the all the different stable coins on uh, on Dash, I do think the fees are going to be this very, very low. Uh, just looking at like current fees on our network and how cheap things are. Mm -hmm. um, it's ridiculously cheap because uh, we have a. Uh, a very interesting way of paying for things where you basically just uh, like, let's say you have a balance and you replace your balance. You're not using any extra storage. You're just replacing storage. So it's very, very cheap. Yeah. So, I mean, that would be a fantastic thing right out the gate. If you have a low fee stable coin with um, no, gas fee that's shown to the end user meaning you don't have you don't have to be this do this dual token thing you can just have the stable coin in your wallet and that works for the end user and then you add into that um you add into that usernames and you already like made a decentralized venmo like right there and and um we also have some trees which is you know mm -hmm. 
something that you should always think about. Um, the balance is super secure, uh, meaning that like, you know, the amount of USDT in Dash can is always going to be equal to the amount of USDT that like um, the company. Uh, I think it's like BitOcean that owns. Hmm. Who does USDT? I think BitOcean. I'm, I'm not sure. Um, but uh, when they put like a certain amount of USDT inside of the Dash ecosystem on platform and then people transfer it around, it will always be um, that amount, right? So tokens actually have uh, about, uh, some trees as well. So you, you, you can never like inflate the amount of tokens on the network which is a big feature. So you, your, your balance is super secure compared to, um, yeah. Other yeah. I mean, that'd be that fantastic. And all that would be using, um, the platform chain, right? The, as opposed mm -hmm. to the, the L one or as mm -hmm. it were. Now, it is an interesting question about that stuff, right? Um, obviously there's going to be in the very beginning, a compatibility issue with most, services as far as um, like, let's just say bit refill would take, they take dash, they understand dash L one, you know, the, the, the first, and if you wanted to do like tether on dash, they would have to integrate basically a completely separate cryptocurrency kind of, is that sort of correct? Um, well, Mm, no, um, they don't have to, well, it, it depends on like what they want to do. Uh, they could just use, you know, uh, our, our platform and they could run a platform node themselves and have, uh, you know, full, full visibility without, um, I mean, I mean, basically the way platform works is that you don't need anything. You can just, uh, query. Uh, and you get back a value and you're able to prove that that thing exists. So you don't need to have like this big architecture. Uh, so bid refill can just like say, oh, okay, what's my balance now? What's uh, that person's balance now? And it will just like, and it can create like a, a, um, uh, a merchant, right? And it can say, hey, did this person pay me this amount for this item uh, in this contract uh, that is made for this specific payment? So, you know, it doesn't, it's much more easier to integrate even for merchants now. Yeah. But as far as like transition, like transferring a token that happens on it, the transaction happens on a different blockchain or a side chain, right? Than the main chain. What, uh, you mean like it, the, that it happens on platform chain? Yes. So it would have to integrate platform chain support to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Well, no, because the signature of that, um, the validity of that is actually uh, done by a quorum that's inside of core. So core can verify the signature. Um, they just have to integrate the dash SDK and then be like, oh, did this happen? Mm. I mean, when, when, I mean, uh, yeah, basically just just the Dash SDK, but most likely they'll uh, like if since they're a big um, since they don't care about the cost of their service, 
I'm not, they care about the cost of their server. They don't care about the cost of running a, a node, probably, which is pretty small. They probably run their own platform node, is what mm. I guess happened. Yeah, so that's all they'd have to do is just upgrade their, their basic Dash infrastructure and then all the all the platform, all the Evo tokens and things like that just like show up for them and their their service. Yeah, I mean, they would... They don't have to do that, right? Like, mm -hmm. but uh, if they if they wanted to, just to have um, slightly faster uh, confirmation speeds, like we're talking about, you know, one second faster, then yeah, yeah, super instant send, and that's going to be a something that I'm going to be focusing on a lot in the new year is hammering is. The fast pass idea is kind of sort of trashing the the fast pass category and trying to make that the dash default, meaning that like there shouldn't be oh use these fast pass providers that you have a great experience and the rest don't. Being like let's try to get everything under the same experience so that if you use dash you can expect to have instant everything and you can expect to get mad at an exchange that doesn't do that. Be like what the hell. I actually have a, a slight announcement uh, involving Instant Send um, on what, what a plan for next year. I haven't uh, made this public yet, so might as well do it here. Uh, one thing about Instant Send is that, you know, for, and it's a core feature. If people don't know what it is, it's um, when I send money on the core network, on the Dash core network, um, it basically uh, gets confirmed within a second, and that is final. Like, you don't have to worry about double spends. You don't have to worry about anything that can happen in other chains uh, that could lead to horror stories. Um, and it is one of our uh, biggest innovations. Um, the issue with it is that you know, if we had visa level, um, or not even visa level, like if we had like a significant increase in uh, in transaction volume, it would start to slow down. And we've seen that during some stress tests, where you know instead of happening in one second, it happens in four seconds, or uh, or, or sometimes even a little bit longer than that. I think the max we've seen XK is like eight seconds, or something like that. Yep. Yeah. So um, we are looking into a new system of instant send, which is basically just aggregating instant send. And with an aggregation of instant send, we could see that scale basically, um, you know, like infinitely, basically, uh, instead of uh, so we're meaning what, what I'm trying to say right now is um, you know, with a new technology that we're researching right now, we're at the research phase, but it is very, very strong uh, that we will be able to implement it uh, next year. Uh, basically, we will be able to do instant send um, and never have any delay. It will always be under one second, even under crazy load uh, at the level of... Um, you know, even at the level of like Visa or something like really, really, really big. Yeah. I mean, um, is that Mr. From Research who's doing that? Uh, it is not Paul from Research. It is the other person from Research, Virgil. Okay. Well, hi, cool. Virgil. 
if you're watching. You better be watching. Oh. Yes, and he's going to be like, what? You already told them that it's possible? <laughs> yes. It's, 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 it's not only possible. I'd say it's possible. But yeah, it, <laughs> it's going to happen. And, um, and this is another thing to think about, right? Mm -hmm. uh, one of the reasons to do this is, you know, if we were ever, ever going to go to a proof of stake system, not saying that we are, but if yes. we ever were, how would that work? What would be the, the things that we would want um, different from other proof of stake systems to make Dash basically the best? And one of those things is, well, we want to keep instant. We don't want to wait for a block um, that might happen in three seconds or four seconds. We want all of our transactions to be instant, less than a second confirmation. You don't want to, I mean, three seconds is not a long time, right? But no, 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 no. In our day, we want less than one second. We've been used to that. Yeah. That's what I, that's what I want to keep. So, um, we, uh, if we ever went to a proof of stake system, and by the way, for those people that are like, no, no proof of stake. Well, uh, there would always be a mass node vote and it probably would not resemble any proof of stake that currently exists um, in other chains. Mm -hmm. So um, that's for a later time. But let's first focus on general improvements that will improve the chain regardless. And one of those is, well, let's get the instant send capabilities like to the max. And that will be like our step one in this path that if we went to proof of stake, if we didn't go to proof of stake, we would have to do regardless. Mm. And uh, then we'll do like a few other steps that would just improve the dash core chain and then put it to a vote. Do we want to do the final mm -hmm. um, move or not? There are a few things that we have to consider. Like we want to make, uh, we want to keep dash um, uncensorable, for example, like we don't want uh, a group of proposers to ever be able to uh, deny an economic transaction um, because, you know, currently uh, any miner can come along and be like, hey, no, I want this. So if one miner says no, the next miner can always say yes. And we want to keep something like very similar. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of problems that we have to that we would have to solve over the next uh, year and a half um, to to do that or year. I, I'm not <laughs> not sure how long it would take, but um, yeah. Yeah. You've well, already solved the randomness part with quorum selection, right? So that part is already ready. If oh, yeah. Yeah. We have solved so many problems yeah. over the last few years and the core team has done an amazing job uh release after release after release uh putting us on an amazing path to you know uh like on an almost perfect uh currency so you know we are going to continue that work and then once we're able to get to a state where okay, there are no drawbacks if we decided to go to proof of stake or the drawbacks are very minimal, but the benefits are high, 
then we would propose it to the network. That's not actually sure that that will ever happen, right? It's just, in my opinion, a very high probability of happening um, that we can get there at this point. Yeah, well, it's, it's good to have on the table at least. But that the... sounds awesome. That sounds great. Wait, can we? That's the best I, thing I've heard. I, I yeah, I don't mean to hijack, but Joe, if you don't mind if I ask, are you familiar with the P2P encryption that basically Core is doing and how that will affect things? If you're able to talk on that. I'm not very familiar, but I'm going to guess what it is. Um, right now, like messages between peers aren't encrypted. Yeah. Meaning that like no, like nodes in the middle could see, oh, this is dash traffic and be uh, like, nah, I don't want to transmit like dash traffic. And, you know, it's just better to encrypt between nodes. Uh, most, most chains that I know of that aren't Bitcoin related do that. And actually Bitcoin, I think this, uh, this is a backboard from Bitcoin. That's right. That's so, right. Um, you know, it's just a, it's just a smart move to do that. It doesn't really bring any new features. It just makes the system more robust. Hmm. Yeah, interesting. So, um, so we have quite the interesting year ahead of us. Um, well, first of all, um, I think it would be fantastic um, if we could have an Evo. So, um, what is that? Oh, no. you and me both. Yeah. So it's going to be close? I'm, well, I mean, yeah, we're, we have no big features left. Uh, we have been working through issues, mm -hmm. more issues and more issues. Uh, I have to admit that December was a, a weak month for DCG. Mm -hmm. uh, it always is. Um, a lot of people take time off to be with their loved ones. I mean, that is pretty, pretty standard around the world. Yeah. Uh, but we're going to hit uh, next year running. Um, it seems like. Nice. Uh, we have. Yeah. And also. Uh, um, the doubling of the treasury really helps. Um, there have been uh, some. Uh, you know, people that left Dash in like uh, contributors that left Dash between October and um, and December. Um, there, uh, and we really need to start replacing some people, uh, like uh, developers. Uh, yeah, and that's really going to help uh, replacing people. Yeah, uh, that. I mean. From my personal perspective, because I'm a mm -hmm. selfish bastard, um, I would like to have more people on the the mobile teams because I want mixing and Maya in them while it's yesterday. <laughs> and I understand it's only so fast like the couple people can work, and so having extra people on that would be a personal thing for me. But well, also, I mean, also I'd love to win Evo as well. That's always a good thing. We're we're gonna get into like. Uh... In my opinion, uh, the higher the dash price goes, uh, and the more reserves we have, the more developers we can hire. The faster features can eventually come out, right? We don't want to. Mm -hmm. I, I I really do think that our hiring spree of 
about two years ago mm-hmm. made evolution possible without it we would never have mm-hmm. we probably would never have released or we would have released when i was able to do it in 10 years by myself yeah well um, that's a, hopefully the higher spree could be more efficient in for the next time around right because you don't have to deal with well the, not to rehash old things but it seems like yeah maybe we could be a, have a maybe not a leaner but a meaner team if you know what i mean no, no, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I agree. I agree. I agree. We don't, and we also don't have to hire as many people, right? But getting three or four people uh, in the first half of the next year would be, you know, a great, would just be great for the project. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, it, um, as a wise man, and I also, said, well, hey, go ahead. I also really want to like, I'm, I'm really happy that DCG can focus only on tech, right? And yes, and you guys have biz dev and marketing uh, covered. Are are you guys have any plans to expand anytime soon? Uh, you mean as far as the team? Yeah, I mean right now it's you and Marina, right? Yes. So the well, first off, we haven't started yet. That's like a few, <laughs> a few days from now, um, but. The other thing is right now with per current budget and pricing and stuff like that, we're basically just paying for the two of us and maybe a couple extra little services like, mm-hmm. you know, like a $10 a month type or 20, a hundred dollar a month, maybe type things. So that's where we're at like right now. Cause I didn't want to, you know, over, you know, kind of over ask or over promise for, for things like that. But we do have, um, Dan Sesam on, on deck for doing some of those cool animation videos and stuff. Yeah, he's always good for that stuff. Um, there's a few other people who have talked about doing biz dev or marketing and stuff. And I'm, I'm keeping a mental list because obviously if the price doubles, you know, and goes to like a giant freaking 70 bucks a coin, <laughs> no. um, it's not really the time to hire a lot of new people short term. But like, if we're talking about, um, six months in we're in the in the hundreds in the you know more than 100 especially then it's just like okay maybe we have a little bit of runway to start start getting some other people mm-hmm. but the the real thing i think is um dash has had this interesting well it has this unfortunate circumstance of having money to pay for people and then you have to pay a lot of money to get a very little done and other projects don't always have, I mean, maybe the Solanas of the world have like huge coffers, but like the other projects get a lot done on like lean budgets and stuff like that. That's so, not true. Well, it depends on what you, which consider. project are you talking about? Freaking all of them. Like, but my point you is, want it. we can talk about Ethereum. Look how much they spend. Well, it's like, so let's let's give a let's give a very um like a lateral kind of a comparison to litecoin right litecoin has nothing for money basically they and i talked to their lead developer seems like a, a very smart and great guy but it's mostly just him and a couple of volunteers working on like the bimble wimble extension block and other things like that and the transaction volumes and everything through payment processors, i.e. ARM success metrics, are doing quite well because of X, because of things outside of just 
paying people to do biz dev maybe is in they managed to become more efficient with that. So my point, how do we know, how how do we know who's paying Litecoin developers? Well, we don't know a hundred percent, but we, they do run donation models. There is a foundation there. There's the, the, the data is out there. Now the data that's not out there though, is how many unofficial promoters do we have? How many people like, you know, Charlie Lee use their nepotistic influence to then get into some things? How many, you know, bag holders of a high order in some certain jurisdictions might have gotten some deals done and things like that. There's a lot of that kind of stuff. And the point is, I'd like to get on that that kind of action. <laughs> Meaning, I'd like to see... What kind can, of action? Well, I'm just saying, I'd like to see what, how far can we get Dash with a few good connections and then it, we can expand from there, right? Let's... Like, instead of hiring a whole studio to do these super professional videos, why don't we have one guy and a whole bunch of mid-journey and runway and other AI tools making it look st stunning for, like, a, a tiny fraction of the price? Like, instead of a giant advertising budget, before, oh, yeah. we, before we have the giant advertising budget, why don't we partner with every single company that stands to benef benefit from Dash users using their product get them to pay part of the bill like we did with the Maya press release thing and get all that to the max. So then we don't, we don't waste any money on advertising. So then we have an advertising war chest to spend when we really need it, et cetera, et cetera. So that's just kind of the growth mindset we got going is uh, be really stingy on spending money on things that won't get returns. And as soon as we pinpoint something that gets returns, just amplify that. Yeah, I, I do. Going back, though, I do think Litecoin is a very bad um, uh, comparison uh, for, for a few reasons uh, that I don't know if I really should talk about right here. <laughs> yeah, well, whatever, think, uh, whatever you can like go into. Talk about. Well, I mean, basically, like, in, in my opinion, right, um, like, yeah, what what can I say? Yeah, Litecoin has a few, like, very strong backers. Um, it also just, it lives in everybody's mind just for being, you know, coin number two. Just a little bit like Bitcoin was coin number one. Yeah, and, also, and, and that isn't actually, I, I think that that was an earned thing to a certain extent. It was a, because it's not coin number two. It's, well... Wasn't Namecoin the second one? Litecoin might have been mm -hmm. like the third, or I don't even know if it was the third. But I lived through it. I'm pretty sure Litecoin was number two. I mean, maybe not, but I, I remember Litecoin coming out number two. I'm pretty sure Namecoin was was first. But let me let me look that up real quick while we keep going. But yeah, keep going. Um, well, they were all pretty close. They were all within months. I don't I don't know if it matters too much to the argument what was yeah. actually I mean, and plus, like name coin was not meant for you know uh, a, a light uh bitcoin and then uh in terms of development for litecoin um i'm sorry if this is not true but this is what i believe uh just from not paying extreme attention to litecoin development mm -hmm. is that they take features from you know other coins and just I don't think that they do anything very original. They just take other features and put it into Litecoin, correct? Yeah, for the mo that was the past. It was Litecoin is almost entirely control C, control V off of Bitcoin. 
the mweb extension extension block has been where that was different because they, they did take Mimblewimble design, but they significantly modified it so they didn't have the same drawbacks, such as needing to be online at the same time to receive a payment, which is what Grin was like, for example. And that whole thing is pretty unique in Litecoin, even though obviously the core of Mimblewimble, just like the core of CoinJoin, is probably not developed by Dash, but Dash has like a, a very specialized, you know, very work through version of coin join it's kind of the same thing with that but the point is it's it's kind of funny mm -hmm. how like dash in litecoin are so opposite in that in that litecoin has done the again i'm not I get, now here's where i'm going to be sound like i'm i'm shitting on litecoin right is litecoin has done the bare freaking minimum like just just the bare minimum copy homework whatever work just to get to do what it can but has in order to get to the marketplace it is today, as far as the leading payments coin today, I would say it's almost hard to argue that, right? Other than unless you want to throw in USDT on Tron or something. But it's they've done a lot with just so little. And so the point is, I think that Dash has thrown so much money into all these cool innovations like instant transactions, 51% attack proofing, you know, really, um, and then the privacy function, and then Evo, of course. And I think with all that, if we use the same, you know, stingy, I wouldn't say stingy mindset, but we use the same, let's take this much work and blow it up into a huge amount of results. If we do that, considering the big mountain of work we've done, I think we could get to some really cool places. Yeah. Litecoin is not considered uh, as a privacy coin, and it's not going to be delisted from the major exchanges. Yes, and it, it was in a I'm, couple I'm, of Korean exchanges, but then other than that, no. <laughs> yeah, but I'm deeply concerned that some exchanges are going to delist Dash, and we should be prepared for that. I just, you know, um, it should affect somehow on um, on Dash's price after all and uh, what what do you guys think about it how how are we going to deal with this i'm not concerned well, at all. I, I think that's a good thing i mean i i'm concerned that it will it will probably have an effect on the price short term but it's, it's necessary pain for us to grow up and be boys in the economics fee, uh, scene we we can't just keep uh hoping that people will invest in Dash and hope that the number go up. We have to really, we have to really uh, develop an economy like real economies do, which is real economies don't depend on centralized exchanges to function. They depend on a labor force and, and capital markets. And the sooner we can get to that, the better. I, bring on Binance. Binance, if you're listening, Go ahead and delist us. I, I mean, no, 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 no. Wait a while. Literally. Don't listen to Ryan here. He does not Bring represent on. the worlds of the network. Bring on. Delist us. Bring Why? On. No, 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 no. So that we can grow the fund up. But Binance has been nothing but good for Dash, in my opinion. They have, like, stuck with us. Okay, and if Binance, if Dash has done well for Binance, then they will keep us. But this, this... This praying that centralized exchanges, you know, will will keep us on and just begging for it. I'm done with that. 
We, yeah, need, so we need real growth, real, real user base. And so that's not, we're not getting that from centralized exchanges. They're holding us back from that. Well, I should say the reliance on the old model might be holding us back, but obviously we'll take any partner, any and every, Dash is for everyone. Every and any partner who can serve it, make it easier to get into people's hands is always a good thing. And we should, should treat them well while they last. I, I think that, I don't think that, the thing is, for example, like the, the Dash Binance delisting idea, in my mind anyway, is more of a Binance delist itself. And that's what happens to Dash's pair on Binance. Binance well, yeah, itself and, and ends to... up going away. And so I do kind of agree with the, the, I don't think we should try to get there too soon because then you could end up getting just crushed while other projects stay on Binance for as long as it exists. And then they, they're still around and thriving for the post-centralized exchange world. Just in, yes. the mean, in the meantime, like we'll take everything we can get. We'll take all the KYC services out there. We'll just yeah. be on everything we can. But then the truth of that is we do need to be building that real base of real usage, real people living off this stuff, real decentralized pairs, et cetera, et cetera. And that's kind of what well, we need to, to, we need to, to build our growth on top of that. Both buying and selling happens on exchanges. So being delisted from exchanges, yeah. I mean, the one thing, the one way to look at that is people can't buy Dash with dollars. And so we think that that's going to cause the price to go down. But selling also happens on centralized exchanges. And so if we're not on centralized exchanges, that's one less, one less route that people can sell Dash to buy dollars from. And then they'll really get serious about not selling Dash, but using Dash in the real world, spending Dash on goods and services instead of selling it for dollars. So it goes both ways. And the shorting and the manipulation that happens on centralized exchanges, you know, seeing that gone might not be a bad thing. It might not. And move all the move all the activity to decentralized exchanges. Yeah, so I, what I'd rather focus on is building up DEX integrations like to the moon and getting volume up on those things. Uh, so like rather than encourage people, like I'd rather get Binance volume to migrate to Maya rather than like over time, rather than it just all shuts off there and then people sell their Dash for something else and then they're just out of the ecosystem because they don't know Maya exists, for example. So start pushing pushing everything through the decentralized things one thing i think is really important too is um if binance makes a ton on let's uh, screw Binance. Let's, let's stop picking on Binance for a second but if a centralized exchange like that makes a lot of money from dash from dash users um okay first off that makes that means they're more likely to treat dash well i guess but at the same time they get all that money and so what are they going to do with their maxis? They're going to sell it for Bitcoin or where they're going to sell for fiat or whatever else. On the other hand, if a lot of this goes through something with incentive alignment, like the Maya protocol, even if people are dumping their dash on Maya, not just buying, but dumping, that still gets fees in the hands of dash liquidity providers who are dash holders. And it makes the earning opportunity from holding dash go up. And so the more it all flows through that, the more we basically take that 
the profit that goes to these centralized exchanges and gives it back to the people or the dash holders. That's exactly what I'm saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. Yes. Get off the centralized exchanges, bring those incentives back to decentralized liquidity providers. Yes, but not, but, not, not right but away. You're like, right. Over time. We're talking about transitioning to yes. there rather than just... Um, yeah, I know. It. I know. I'm just saying that... Sorry, I should give you more time to speak. Um, I've spoken enough. Go ahead. No, that was a, no, that was just my comment on that is to encourage this to go forward while we develop the tech, while we let Maya develop itself to become a stronger DEX. And when the time comes and there is a large delisting of uh, many coins, including Dash, I think that they might come anyways. Then we'll have everything ready to go. So but if we push it, yes, I see what you're saying. Like it could push our tech, but I think... Um, we're still in a stage where we need more tools before that day comes. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that we will voluntarily take those steps. I think those steps must be imposed upon us or else we will never do it because this, the, the, the drive for centralization and efficiency is so strong that it will naturally go that way. Unless we actively push against that, we need to actively um, develop these, and welcome uh, forces that push us into decentralization. And I, I don't say that for decentralization's sake, but for security's sake. Like it's, if, if we continue down the road of embracing centralized services, then it's only going to get stronger. Th those forces will only get stronger. And then the whole point of cryptocurrency will be moot. We won't have the system that we actually want we need yeah. to build that system. And that's always like the the dance we got, right? Between like the trade, like how much do you, like how much do you comply, right? Like I'm sure no one in here is on, everyone here has shown their faces for a reason because they're not on the run from the government for not paying their pound of flesh or whatever. And so there's, there's clearly a use case for that. But then on the other hand, I don't think, I can't speak for everyone. I don't think it's, well, maybe quantum. I don't know. Maybe quantum likes paying taxes, but not, no one else does. And so like most people would just like rather not rather. And so there's those two, you know, inside you are two wolves, right? There's the Binance wolf and there's the Maya wolf, right? And at some point, like we're the entire purpose is to migrate to the other thing. And, I pers I'm a philosophical believer in freedom and decentralization, but I also believe that it has a practical impact as well. And it, it so for example, Thorchain, right? People are swapping a lot of Bitcoin on Thorchain, a lot of Ethereum too, where they wouldn't have to pay those network fees on a centralized exchange, but they're still doing it. And it wasn't until you had better price execution on Thorchain than on Binance, thanks to streaming swaps, an innovation that they created, that you have a giant uptick in volume where now people are just jumping over. And so I think that two years ago, if like Bitcoin got delisted from like Binance for whatever reason, I don't think, or all the exchanges, I don't think that that would have, I don't think that volume would have just moved immediately over to something like Thorchain. You would have had a lot of drop off, period. Yeah. But then the fact that now the alternative is there, it's just like 
Um, if a boat, if you just torpedo a cruise ship, a lot of people drown. <laughs> you know, Binance is the cruise ship. You torpedo it, a lot of people drown. But if you get people getting off at certain exits, and then there's like, oh, it's going down at some point. People get scared. They're like, I'm going to jump in a life raft. They get all the life rafts out. Then they start getting away. Then by the time the Binance ship sinks or the, the big ship sinks, everyone is okay and already on on dry land or wherever else they're going to be. But just like that instant Titanic effect, you know, then you lose a lot of people. So that that's why I like it. Uh, I got to run. I might be back if you're still on, but um, cool. if not, take care, everyone. See you, Ryan. Yep. Happy New Year. Thanks for being here. <laughs> Happy New Year. Yeah. So, um, like, yeah. services like yeah. Sprints that let you pay all your bills and everything, they're KYC, they're centralized, but it's the alternative between not using Dash using Dash today. And obviously, at one point, that would be, it would be good to just, like, pay your direct bill peer to, like, to your company directly in Dash, et cetera. But we'll, we'll get there eventually. Yeah, we need to be on more services, not less. So I don't agree with what Ryan just said. Um, it's big talk and you know, I'm sure maybe he does feel that way, but um, yeah, it's being on Binance. I think I agree with what Quantum said. It's overall a net positive. Um, I do believe that they neglect the price to some extent and you know, probably some shady things there, but I can't prove it. It's just the way I, I feel with looking at the price chart sometimes. But, you know, there are some people that will follow us to Texas eventually, but not everybody. You know, for some people, they've got their limits. And, and some people don't even go to Binance. Some people will go no further than, you know, um, their local, you know, Coinbase, something like that. So if, you've got to give um, people the option of, getting it where um wherever they can so i think for that reason binance is it's definitely a necessary evil yeah. and like honestly i think eric Voorhees is the canary in the centralized exchange coal mine of he just like fuck this shit he just torpedoes his whole company and just like i'm done you know cut the show i'm done he's just like yeah. out completely and then he just dow only and then Thorchain and Maya and other shit like that. He's like, it's not like, oh, he's a crazy person or he just happened to be a hardcore principal person. It's he's dealing with the exact same grievances that every single centralized exchange provider is dealing with too. He just dealt with it first and got tired with it first. But you, you bet Brian Armstrong is thinking about the same thing, whether he does it or not. You bet CZ is being like, why didn't I, why did I ever step set foot in the U.S.? Like, why did yeah. I ever do this stuff? You can bet all these people going shapeshift is in the back of their minds somehow. Yeah, I think it's also because like you get the, the easiest way to burn out is just to have no path forward. Like if somebody sells you go left and the other, like if two authority figures, one says go left, the other one says go right, and there's no way to comply, then um, you basically, you know, often can burn out or maybe not burn out is the good word, but you, you, you have, it like stresses you. And these people, 
are, you know, have significant wealth and then they think, why am I even doing this? Right. Yeah. Of yeah. Course. The, the grievance that uh, Eric Borges has is probably larger than other exchange owners or mm -hmm. exchange executives because they actually personally targeted him because he was so vocal publicly yeah. talking about government and reg regulators that when he comes into basically in the U.S., so he's a citizen of born there, um, mm -hmm. they confiscate his electronics every time. And the rule is they're supposed to give it back within a month. Nope, he doesn't even get it back. So they're breaking even their own rules on that. So Government breaking there's, their own rules never happened before. Shut be up there, here, this, is, this is quite extreme. <laughs> because, um, it's, it's like they have a, you know, there's a, he has a, a credit score, social credit score. And mm -hmm. I think that one just became more public. That's all. <laughs> so. Yeah. The, the other thing is his business model was very much more affected by the KYC requirements than <clears throat> a Coinbase, for example, because it's like his little swap for anything for anything and just a click, no accounts. Oh, now you have an account. Now you have KYC. Well, why don't, why, why am I just not on Binance and Coinbase then? And then exactly. it hit him first, yeah. but I don't think that Binance is like, especially, unfortunately, Monero and Dash and Zcash and all these other ones don't really have enough trading volume to where it's really stinging to lose them. But it's in, it's enough to where you notice it. And I don't think like all the overhead, think of the regulatory overhead. You got to hire lawyers. You got to do a delisting announcement thing here. You got to do the PR of this. You got to like, eventually they're just going to be like, you know what? we don't want to keep our own liquidity pools and all this stuff. We don't want to do this. We're just going to plug into Thorchain and take a cut. Be done with it. I don't want to, like, you don't want to have to, like, all you have to do to delist, you don't have to, like, you have this long to sell this. Just be like, hide option. <laughs> and there you go. And then the same angry customers, you just say, you know, use quadrants or whatever in this this weird little dex version somewhere off here and you can still trade all those ones binance proper you can't but you can still do that they just they don't at some point they're going to be like i'm this is so much work to just do business what if we just did it in a decentralized way or put plugged into that what if binance was just the fiat on ramp and a shiny wrapper to just rent seek fees from Thorchain and Maya and all these things. Yeah. And we just make so like CZ obviously is a smart man. Um Trust Wallet is which Binance is Binance's thing, um, is the I believe the number one source for Thorchain swaps. Because they have Thorchain integrated back in for their swaps. Um CZ is talking about he's thinking about DEXs in the future. Like <laughs> I mean <laughs> do I need to connect the dots for you? Like Everyone's yeah. thinking the same thing. Oh yeah, he sees a writing on the wall. So yeah, now that he's out of finance, he's going to pivot towards the DeFi space and um, do something interesting there. Yeah, it, um, it's arguable that he he already did that. He did it a lot earlier than a lot of other people because if you remember, you know, like Coinbase is built on base. They're they're dumb L two thing. Um, Binance was the original. Uh, de the original dino chain decentralized and name only like the BNB thingy they wanted mm -hmm. in on that DeFi uh, but not really DeFi action 
way before anyone else was was faking that stuff. Way before the L2 craze in Ethereum. They were like the first ones. Yeah. The original Chinese knockoff. You know, they just they did it before anyone else. And you think he's gonna be late to the game in this whole DeFi pivot? Nah. Yeah. He's got a billion dollar fine though. <laughs> Even for him that hurts. So Yeah, he might have to sell one of his planes. Yeah. You know, rough times. Uh, Joel, do do you mind if we Ask uh, if I ask one about the Senator Warren bill, but go for it. Okay, so you, are you aware with the Senator Warren's um, proposed bill? Uh, Probably won't pass the House, but let's hope. I have no idea. So I don't. It, the main part is that it makes illegal to develop self custody wallets unless you're a financial institution. Five to ten years in jail time with up to half a million fine potentially. Uh, and they're just thrown in. Uh, they changed the the penal. I mean, they changed the code, financial code, to say that mine, miners, node operators, and self-host wallet developers basically are included. They're included as the definition of financial institutions. And uh, well, first thing, I mean, I don't believe that that would be constitutional. Yeah. So yeah. let's just stop there. I. I let's not let's not add fear-mongering to like uh, you know any any senator any congressman can propose anything right there's so much crazy stuff that's being proposed all every day uh by people that aren't really educated in you know the law that they are trying to propose so let's just well okay maybe pivot another way then so the they included node operators. I think a lot of miner company are companies. A lot of miners are companies. So, but with the node operators, um, that gets into something that's possible, anyways. Um, that's not that could be somehow justified to be passed through Congress. Um, with XK, I mean, do you, this this kind of goes into what you're talking about with I2P or Tor. Encryption for masternodes. I don't know if you. Oh yeah. Yeah, but I mean, uh, let's not look. It first thing, it won't pass. So I mean, it won't, it won't get anywhere. And if it did, like, it would immediately be struck down. As well, let me add the caveat. I don't think immediately. It these things take time to go through the courts and stuff. So, I just if it would get passed, I would hope everyone has. If it looking looks like it might get passed, I'd hope everyone has a temporary backup plan to stay out of jail until this gets sorted out. You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, at that point, like, if yeah, that'd be a big problem. That it's not a big problem. That would basically destroy all of cryptocurrency. Yeah, I mean, in the U.S. at least, yeah, it would make the Bitcoin Core team illegal, right? Because Bitcoin Core is ultimately a, a self custody wallet, so. That would be illegal. The Litecoin what would be illegal. Dash Core would be illegal. Um, all yeah, the, everything would be illegal. The Edge wallet would be illegal. Um, our mobile wallets on iOS and Android would be illegal. I mean, the whole thing, thing would be illegal. It's just completely ridiculous. Yeah, um, like let's 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 not well, like. Well, that's how I mean, basically there would be no industry. I mean, even even uh, Thorchain would be like every proof of stake system would be illegal. Um, I mean, I don't even, what, what, what would not be illegal at that point? XK? Exactly. I, I can't even think like, 
Oh, and if the question is, okay, well, if this law gets passed and makes all of crypto illegal, what do we do? Well, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Probably like then, you know, I, what would I do personally if all of crypto becomes illegal? I'd probably just like retreat into the forest. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. And, and be one with the, the forest people. If anybody <laughs> that joke. <laughs> yeah, it's really weird because um, um, the amendment seems to specify that any um, software that stores a public or a private key mm -hmm. um, would then, you know, have to become this um, considered a financial institution. But a public key is just any old number. There's nothing special about it. It's just how you how you use that number um, it defines it as being a public key. And so it really just makes, you know, kind of any software development where you store a number potentially illegal. It's just it's even broader than, um, than in the crypto space itself. It's just completely nuts. I mean, I don't even think that, uh, well... I don't even think that the, some people that are writing this bill really understand it. Like it probably goes, clearly. I, I, I think it goes through like, I don't know how many, um, it comes from an idea. Oh, this is bad, you know, probably from the Senator. And then it goes through like 15 different, uh, uh, aides and interns. Yeah, and JP then Morgan Chase gets a crack at it. You know how it goes. Yeah, I mean, who knows uh, exactly? It's all speculation because we don't. Yeah, oh, well, she's, she's made it clear. That the reason is that the banks have to conform to regulations, and these crypto people don't. It's unfair to these poor big banks. That's literally what she said. Yeah, so that's clearly. No, what... I don't think Warren has ever been on the side of banks, but have you, you missed... seen her donations yeah you missed the whole um chuck williams part of this whole chat where we were talking about um well, signaling and things like that and so basically yeah, let's not go into politics yeah, so i don't i don't really care i i live uh, in a different country and i'm very happy to not live well let's hit on a, a, a slightly different but on the same vein thing about um mm -hmm. fincen again we love all this stuff. So FinCEN is doesn't need to pass legislation. They propose rule changing and then they decide if they're going to do it. They propose rule changing that would basically criminalize mixers and stuff like that, privacy, things like that. That's a much mm -hmm. more realistic threat of happening in the U.S. Um, do you have any quick thoughts on that? Well, first thing is first, like uh, the mass node network doesn't mix. Mm -hmm. So... You know, people say it mixes just because they don't really understand. But based, the way it actually works is uh, masternodes just, okay, let's say um, uh, us five are involved in um, want, want to anonymize our dash, right? Mm -hmm. The masternode network never takes anything. Like it doesn't take any cryptocurrency and like mix it around. What it does is it just says, oh, Quantum, Desert Links, Hillowy, XK, Marina. You guys want to do that? Hey, this is you. That's it. That's all it does. And then uh, us together, we as users um, exchange between ourselves in a, in a very cryptographic way. Now, mm -hmm. like, okay, do, does, does the law say that people can't interact with other people to 
I don't think so. It says that it doesn't allow mixers. Now, that's why, as far as I know, um, there's never been any law against people sending other people cryptocurrency in the U.S. And that's basically what um, the masternodes allow to happen to you know, to, to permit coin join, but they don't, they don't like take money and send money. They don't mix anything. So in, in that sense, like they're not doing anything that could ever be considered legal. If, if there's a law that passes that says like, you know, they're not allowed, nodes aren't allowed to, um, uh, join people like, that want to do a specific activity, uh, well, then then there could be a problem. But like, I don't see that passing anytime soon. Well, what thing that's that, more of expression. What thing it does give thought to is, it's kind of like the how does how does a network like Dash operate in adversarial conditions, and not necessarily it's not a binary adversary. It's not like it's illegal to do this stuff. You go to prison to the camps with you. It's, it's not like that or everyone can use unrestricted. So for example, uh, I think we might like, just like we were already sort of doing that with the, the iOS wallet, as far as the, the um, on ramps and stuff that they didn't like that they weren't going to approve in time. Right. And, there's there's already a little bit of segmentation of of some products and features based on geographies or based on device in this case uh what i wonder is how like how easily could there be a a no mixing masternode type for a suit again this is we're not talking we're not talking any, anything good here we're not talking about this is not a happy really outcome stop talking about masternodes and mixing because mm-hmm. they do not mix we and it's like a little problem that a lot of people in uh, you know in our community always talk about mixing and we, we don't mix mm-hmm. and this is um, because it's just easier to say you know uh, it's an easier term to say but that's just not what happens users send money to other users mm-hmm. to create an uh, anonymity but they're not mixing yeah well I guess whatever we call the even if it's not mixing, the participation that masternodes have in that process still might be something that could be legally questionable for a, a period of time. Again, I don't think so, but if it happened, I wonder how easily it could be to... So, I think the biggest problem is like a, a problem of education, right? Oh, yeah. So like um, nodes... Like uh, exchanges and, and people that interact with Dash, they basically just get a notice saying, hey, delist these different coins. Why? Probably no reason given. And uh, they, they just do it. They just comply. Or they, you know, and because it's just easier for them to do so. Um, then you might talk to regulators and the regulator, like, from some talks that I've heard of is that, um, you know, the re- you, you talk to people and then they're like, oh, yeah, we did a search and these three coins are privacy coins, according to Google. 
what in the tech shows you that or like what 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 uh criteria are you using it doesn't matter mm. like yeah. there's nothing you can do to get around it when people aren't trying to you know find a set of rules they that can apply here or that there it's just feeling at this point yeah to a that's certain extent like, yeah but there's also that's why like doesn't get delisted anywhere well as i did point out they did get delisted in korea in a couple of exchanges because of that which yeah. i also think is silly but the, the interesting thing, I was going to bring that up because of the Litecoin approach to things, right? So because of the extension block, that it's an extension block through soft fork. So nodes could not run anything or miners could not run anything supporting this stuff. And it'd be completely kind of out. But the services that do kind of adopt it then could, could then use it. I wonder if there's a similar, like, possibility in the dash world where you could just say like look you can just run the version that you, whatever despotic government you know doesn't you know care about here but then everyone else can run something else and then you kind of like it's it's like when uniswap delists an asset but it's like the front end delisted but anything else interacting anywhere else could kind of still tap in or if for example um let's just say uh, Thor wallet pick one Thor wallet decided or they got Switzerland cracked it down and said you have to delist dash and so they just disable it in the Thor wallet but you could still go to El Dorado for example and still use the Maya protocol to swap dash back and forth there so mm -hmm. I am kind of wondering about things like that also because I would love a way to kick to kick dash's privacy up a notch with some some ZK stuff um, um, were you aware of the Bosal license, Bootstrap open source license that Zcash had for its tech? Did you ever remember that thing? No, I don't remember. Well, basically, Zcash was a, at the bleeding edge of privacy tech for a while, right? But mm -hmm. really did not succeed very well in taking that to market. And the last ECC administration, I guess, Introduced, they licensed the Orchard, the the newest, you know, no trusted setup anything like the newest uh, zk pool under something called the Bosal, the Bootstrap open source license, which basically said, well, it's open source, but you have to, you have to wait a couple years before using it, it, or otherwise get Electric Coin Company's express permission to use it. So it was like a mm -hmm. semi open source, but not really. It was like open source. Anyway, as soon as Josh Swihart took over as the new CEO. Oh, he, he replaced Zuko like last week. The first thing they did was open source everything completely. They got rid of that that dumb license problem. And so I'm kind of like licking my lips a little bit about like, hmm, I wonder if we can not even pirate, but like respectfully open source away some of that cool ZK tech for like a, an extension. I mean, you, you, mean, you mean use it? Yeah. Yes, or a sidechain or something in, in Dash. Well, yeah, I definitely think... Well, see, right now we don't have a very big uh, development team, as I've said. Like, it's it's big. It's probably the same. How Do you know how big uh, Zcash is? Um, I could pull it up real quick, I guess. 
probably comparable, right? But we we have been focused on a on platform, and you know, I think that we shouldn't really divert our focus. We're, we're pretty close to that goal. And uh, one thing that I uh, what we were talking about earlier was uh, use cases for Dash. And one thing that I strongly believe is that when we give users a product that they can use, such as platform, that nobody else can do, that is going to generate a lot of interest. That is going to make people buy Dash, hold Dash. Um, so I think that that is you know another use case uh on top of just um the payments right so we 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 have payments and now we'll have a, a second a secondary one well we have others right like uh you know swaps between the exchanges and, and other things but yeah. um i wonder how much of this kind of stuff could be done from like an external team. Like if someone managed to get a big bag from the treasury or from donations or from a grant elsewhere to just start implementing like a, a ZK extension block. And then just, I'm sure obviously core needs some input into it to make sure it all works out. But I mean, that might be fun. Would it be great to have everyone not hitting you up for when everything all the time and wouldn't don't you want oh to, i would love would you love I to share love the when burden amongst other teams too that would be great oh, it would be great it would be great um i don't think that it will be as easy as uh some people might think right like um often uh the people that are able to do this work um are either very very highly paid or B, are doing it out of passion. And if somebody is doing um, you know, that out of passion and are willing to take less money, they probably would be working for you know, the source of it, which is uh, Zcash. Yeah, I wonder, well, here's the thing. What I, I, wonder, I wonder if there's ways around that. Like, obviously, one would be to very highly pay someone, which mm -hmm. sounds great if you have the money. Um, mm -hmm. uh, a great man once said, Dash can afford this, and he turned out to be wrong. But <laughs> eventually, we can go back to affording things. Um, but yeah, there's. I wonder if there's some ways of getting something done. Like, be interesting to tell. To, to tell. But the thing is also, um, Dash is breaking new ground. In all, I mean, there's the backports, but other than the backports, it's breaking a lot of new ground all the time. A lot, everything in core, they're like a tons of new stuff. Platform is like, you know, there's some Cosmos stuff here and there and stuff like that, but a lot of it is like new stuff. So, yeah, I mean, like we're like all the, the fee reimbursements that we have. Like, um, another feature that we're working on right now is provable randomness on platform. Mm -hmm. Um, which would allow basically all games to be played there and yeah. like many different types of games without a central dealer, which would open up like pretty much most chance games. Yeah. So, but the point is like to copy someone else's work kind of thing. 
seems although very difficult because of the the moon math involved with anything zcash um seems like it's not it's not like you have to hire like another 12 developers you might have to hire like a few you know? well i mean the problem becomes right when you mm -hmm. uh I, I don't, as far as I uh, understand, uh, it's very hard to mix um, our chain with uh, Z, um, um, ZK, with uh, like uh, stuff. ZK. Yeah, the ZK proofs. Uh, very, very hard. So we'd have to have a side chain. Uh, and if we had a side chain, hmm. Why not have a um, Sierra Marina? Mm -hmm. I I think that the right approach here is to develop uh, inter-blockchain communication in platform mm -hmm. and have a you know basically have multiple chains. So we would have uh, two sister chains, right? We have the Dash Core chain and the Dash Platform chain, and then we'd have tons of side chains from Dash platform. Mm. And one of those could be a, um, you know, a, uh, a ZK um, uh, proof enabled chain. Yeah. And I so, think that would probably be the easiest way of getting something out. Yeah. I mean, it sounds about right. Now I do have a really dumb question, right? Or, I don't know if it's dumb, but it, it shows my ignorance in the, in the thing. So I I know very, very little. I wouldn't say very, very, but I would say very little about Cosmos and the whole Cosmos ecosystem mm -hmm. and stuff. And now I'm kind of learning that I need to know a lot about it because almost everything cool <laughs> has something to do with Cosmos. And like as far as like Thorchain and Maya, for example, as far, far as mm -hmm. some of these other interesting projects... And I believe somewhere in the, I don't know if it's a roadmap thing, but there's an idea of uh, making Zcash like IBC compatible. And so I guess the question is, the IBC stuff, what exactly does that mean? And to have Dash become interoperable, what would entail? What would that entail? And what are like the benefits from that? Yeah, so... Um... Dash won't be uh, IBC compatible out the gate. And the only reason for that is that we use um, threshold signatures, uh, which are you know more efficient than what the IBC currently uh, has um, in its repertoire of available systems to communicate between different chains. Right now, um, basically what they have is a... Um, you get the validator set from like chain A gets the validator set from another chain, right? And then it uh, jumps block to block before two thirds of the chain has changed, and then basically um, uh, validates uh, a block, and then it basically is like jumping uh, like a thousand blocks at a time or a certain amount of blocks at a time until it gets to the end, and then it knows that the state. Uh, it, one chain is able to know the, the full state of the other chain mm -hmm. and ver validate the full state of the other chain. And that's basically um, how IBC works there. Uh, as far as I know, they only support um, uh, Tendermint 
base chains and uh, what's the other one? Po polka dot. Yeah, I guess that sounds yeah. about right. <laughs> um. Yeah. So, uh, t but to get um, dash in there is actually pretty trivial, right? Because mm -hmm. all you would really have to do is make a pull request to Tendermint that in that includes uh, support for BLS signatures, uh, the standard library of BLS, mm -hmm. uh, and BLS, um, and then then you know in uh, the the validator set. Uh, so um, the, for, for TenderDash, right, uh, we don't use delegated proof of uh, stake. Instead, we have uh, a consensus mechanism called uh, scalable Byzantine fault tolerance, which allows for threshold signatures on validator sets. Um, the there are pros and cons between the two. Uh, the big pro in our case is that um, the proofs and the ability to validate data on chain is extremely uh, compact, which is exactly kind of the use case that we were aiming for. Uh, basically ask the chain anything at any time and get back a very small response proving the data that, it, uh, proving your data. The negative uh, is that all the nodes that are part of the validator set have to be of equal stake. Hmm. which was not a negative for us because they all had um, a thousand at the time and now 4,000. Right. So, yeah. Um, going into IBC, I, I do think that uh, we'll it's like, it's in our roadmap to, um, to go down that Avenue and uh, to integrate with, you know, all the IBC uh, supported blockchains. Um, yeah. And I think we are, that's like going to be pretty big, uh, but for the first, what? What does it do being integrated with all these other blockchains in a in a very practical end user kind of way? Well, you can exchange you can exchange assets between things that are, uh, and you can prove things on other chains. You mm. can do you can do atomic swaps. Um, you can do. I mean. Uh, in, a, in a very practical way, um, yeah, you could. Uh, so let's imagine uh, Maya integrates Dash, right? They're holding the entire Dash blockchain. Well, uh, after that point, they wouldn't even need to. Mm. Uh, yeah, they, they wouldn't could, need to run a separate node and stuff. No, they wouldn't need to do that. Yeah, because um, it's kind of interesting because I believe like a lot of people, at least at Zcon, were talking about getting Zcash IBC compatible, which sounds like because there's no there's no Zcash Evo or anything, and it's a purely Bitcoin based plus a bunch of cryptographic moon math stuff. Um, it seems like a much taller order for them. But I guess in that thing, it would be relatively easy for a wallet to kind of have both both chains and just swap between them really easily so like if someone of a mm -hmm. zcash maxi want to just do their thing they could just flip into dash and spend it like right away if they wanted to for example it'd be a lot easier to do things like that in this yeah. future hypothetical 
Yeah, and also like another thing that we will build eventually, right, is like cross-chain identities. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for example, uh, we could have a you know the 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 main platform chain. You know, there's no anonymity on it. Uh, we can create another chain um, that has full anonymity, uh, but has you know many drawbacks at the same time. Because you don't really get anonymity without, I mean, at least in our day, maybe in 20 years is going to be different. But right now, anonymity uh, always has drawbacks, either like a bigger proof size or um, or uh, slower processing or, uh, you know, takes a long time to happen. There's, there's always something uh, that that causes um that that's that's a negative and the negative is often not worth it for uh you know the mass of users uh that just don't care sometimes mm-hmm. that, that's what i've seen uh but a lot of users do care right uh especially like uh if you're shopping at um you know a store and you want to buy a present for uh for grandma but grandma knows a lot about crypto and you don't want her to know what you're going to buy in advance, right, for Christmas. You want it to be a surprise. Um, actually, it works better for, like, your 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 your, uh, your kid, right, mm-hmm. who knows? <laughs> Who's like, oh, did, did, did Daddy buy me that latest game? Um, and then the kid's going to look in advance on the blockchain. Yeah, he did. Wait, he bought the wrong version of the game. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Um but uh, we, we want some things to be uh, anonymous, right, uh, in our day to day lives as well. Uh, also, like uh, you, you buy an airplane ticket uh, to Hawaii, right? Another, another example. You don't want when you arrive that somebody knows your entire balance and is staking you out with a knife uh, trying to like, oh, give me all your crypto, right? There's a lot of, you know completely valid use cases um, that as a society we take for granted that are uh, hard to do uh, in a open environment that is crypto. And, you know, really what, what annoys me about, um, you know, we had talked about laws earlier uh, is that as a developer, what I'm pushing for and what other uh, people I know in the space are pushing for is not like to uh, help criminals. It's basically to give our users the same experience that they have with centralized uh, systems, um, but with decentralized systems where somebody can't just take all your money. Uh, so it is very uh, sometimes um, sad to see you know, uh, some lawmakers always think of the worst of humanity. <laughs> yeah. Instead, sure. you know, like we're just trying to improve humanity. Yeah. Well, we're definitely on the path to some some cool stuff here. And um, yeah, we just need more, more dev stuff, you know price is low and then can devs do something it's been the sort of theme of that well in in the the terms of of evo releasing evo will is something that devs could do to pump the price but again enough pressure on that thing 
um, in the new. I mean, year. we yeah. we want to we want to release it when it's ready, right? Like you know, mm-hmm. there was a bug uh, that we found. I mean, we're still in the oh, this is a stupid bug phase. Sadly, uh, we found a bug the other day. Uh, it like had me scratching my head for two days, right? Uh, and it was uh, the sum tree. Uh, it, the sum trees basically stopped a transaction because it um, lost actually value out of nowhere. Uh, somebody, uh, what it looked like in the logs was somebody sent money to somebody, and then a certain amount was just missing. Uh, one dash was missing. That's on nice. testnet and the sum trees basically said nope chain chain halt mm-hmm. uh, uh which, it, which is exactly what it's supposed to do right mm-hmm. uh the the balances don't match up what the tra- what actually happened was that the transaction was not between two identities it was ascending a transaction to yourself Mm. And so, so that, in the code, yeah, it disappeared. Cool. Then. Yeah, because <laughs> you can't send to yourself. And we did not have the check in the code to make sure that somebody wasn't sending money to themselves. Yeah, <laughs> which is funny. Because, <laughs> but it is kind of funny no. because like, um, I guess that's also a difference with like UTXO systems is because I've sent money to myself plenty of times into one of the addresses but that's because it's usually from address to address yeah exactly. and so it just and, yeah no i mean it's like not sending money to yourself it's like sending a money from one address to the same address what happens if you try to do that by the way let's just say you have like in, five five dash in a single address you try to send that five dash with no change like all the way to the same address what happens if you try you, you, can, you can do that in bitcoin yeah. And so that, but, and then, yeah, so then what happens? You just like, the, you just pay the fee, one hundred ninety-two duffs. So then it just, it just doesn't, it just works slash doesn't do anything. <laughs> doesn't really do anything, but yeah, you pay. I mean, you lose one hundred ninety-two duffs, and you have a new transaction. Yeah, it's crazy stuff. Coin day is destroyed. <laughs> yeah, it's changed. Yeah, CoinGase destroyed and it proves that you can spend that input. Yeah. So, I mean, but it also isn't, I mean, ideally, guys, you should never reuse addresses uh, because you leak your uh, public key when you do. Mm-hmm. And if there's ever a quantum computer, uh, it can take your money. Well, if there's a quantum computer, you'll be the first to own one. Am I right? Yeah. <laughs> nope. <laughs> It will not be me. Yeah. You know, it's. Uh, I yeah, I I think that we are like at least ten years away from a quantum computer, unless uh, AI builds one for us. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll see how it shake out. But that's definitely the wrong thing to be worrying about at the present time, probably. But um, exactly. Well, to start like a wrap up segment, um, just like marketing and biz dev stuff so first off you said you're happy that you're not gonna have to deal with that bullshit anymore (laughs) so well i mean i didn't actually uh Mm. really deal with it the problem is is that whenever somebody whenever there was a problem 
somebody would come to me and I was like, okay, I'm dealing with, you know, multiple teams. Uh, yeah, I, I did not have the bandwidth. Uh, so very happy that uh, I'm not, you know, I can, I can focus on the parts that I am good at, not the parts that I know very little about. Yeah, absolutely. The thing is, um, Dash is has a lot of similarities to Zcash in this regard. It's been super tech and development heavy as far as like output, and it's the difference between. There's a huge difference between Dash and Zcash in this regard, though, which is one of the reasons why you don't see me clawing to Zcash for trying to work for them and stuff because, uh, like. Dash has core protocol and obviously Evo, right? But like the core, the base protocol is good. It's, it's a solid foundation to build stuff off of, but Dash also has some really great product, like end user product stuff. Like as far as the, the mobile wallet, the Android one, I should be very clear about, um, the Android mobile wallet is fantastic. It works really well. It's super easy to use, but also has like, the right kinds of integrations like the topper on ramp and things like that. And once you start getting usernames in and you get mixing in, it's going to be like the killer, the killer app right there as far as, especially once you get like a stable coin in there and stuff, but that's a, it's a different thing. And Maya and all the other cool stuff. The point is this is something you can sell and take to people. Whereas it, but not just that, like um, whoever got dash into bit refill did a really good, Thing and I think it had something to do with Bit Refill. Also, it was early days. Like there were there was a few gift card services and Bit Refill wasn't like the titan that it is today. It wasn't like the ubiquitous thing. But that's like a huge benefit to Dash, and I am really hoping to keep buttering Sergey up so he never takes Dash off that thing because um, it's honestly like it's probably we're probably still there because like I'm a huge uh, pusher of that. And Sergey likes the unbanked story. And then my other buddy spends like six to 10 grand at a time through BitRefill to buy like building supplies and stuff for his job. So if it weren't for us all throwing all that dash volume through, you know, who knows? Hey, I used BitRefill too. Nice. Too. Congratulations. But so but the point is, sure a lot of people do. the point is like the bit, the BitRefill shortlist of supported coins is very short. It's basically Bitcoin. Mm -hmm and Litecoin and Dash. And then there's like Doge and there, I don't give a crap. And then there's a few different ETH tokens and stable coins and stuff. But as far as like Bitcoin Cash isn't on there, Nano's not on there, Zcash is definitely not on there, Monero's definitely not on there, etc. It, it's super useful. And then Spritz, you know, they, we were the first coin that they agreed to add. They added Bitcoin slightly before, but it was because we pitched them first and then Everyone who's used Spritz with Dash says it's a fantastic experience. We don't have instant send yet, but we're gonna we're working on getting to do that. And so just those two, I can just pitch anyone to be like in the US and in a lot of other countries too. Hey, you can live on live on crypto with just these two. And then swapping is like the European Spritz. And you pay I know people that pay all their bills in Europe using swapping. They accept Dash, they don't accept Zcash. So there you go. And so there's like so much. And then Dash has this 
you know, 400 plus thousand follower Twitter account that in Twitter's the place to be in the future. Right. And it's been kind of like left by the wayside. Now I know that the Matt fellow is volunteering to help a little bit, but we have all these resources at our disposal, all these great things. And just like just sitting around like in, in the metaphorical warehouse. And that's something I'm, I'm very excited to do is in the next in the coming months, just start amplifying the crap out of that. Like, start really using it to defer the fullest extent because there's a lot of other projects that don't have anything near like this and we have some really good stuff to stand on so so that would be great and yeah i'm you know i'm sorry marina didn't get to talk very much uh, because everyone else is pontificating but that's fine she's going to be a great asset helping us get where we're going and yeah we're gonna we're going to can devs do something well can can marketers do something how about that right we're going to to hopefully get some get some extra much needed attention and hopefully bump onto the project but but that'll be fun i'm looking i'm looking forward so much to not have to hear when evo well listen Soon. It doesn't end. Soon. It doesn't end there. Yeah, yeah, that's true. When, when, when? What? What's the next one? What is the next what, one? What? Is it going to be when IBC? Is it going oh, to be when, when smart contract? Yeah. Yeah, when, when smart contracts? Yeah, that's going to be the next win, right? The thing is, is that like I think a lot of people don't realize this. You can do maybe eighty percent of functionality that most uh, most apps need mm -hmm. just with the current uh, system. Uh, yeah, there's some more advanced now uh, because we have um, JSON schema, right? So that 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 deals with validation. So you can put like advanced validation into your uh, data contract saying like if this and not that and, and things like that so you but it's not it's not turning complete um but yeah we'll, we'll get there we'll get there and the other thing is um the dash direct 2.0 whatever it's called this ctx spend ctx spend yeah, yeah. it's a, a new rebrand totally <laughs> At this point, I don't, I don't know why. I mean, nobody's ever heard of anything that bad that ends with uh, TX, right? Mm -hmm. FTX spend. I get listen. I get a lot of this could be after party conversation, but like I, if actually, first off, the thing has to ship. Let's just see, let's see it come out. But after that, mm -hmm. if he doesn't change the name to something better, I'm just going to call it FTX spend at every single interval until he gets the, the hint and freaking changes it because <laughs> you know honest mistake <laughs> yeah honest mistake but even then it's a clunky yeah. it's a clunky um it's a clunky name anyway but even if it the reason I, the reason i brought it up is we got a lot of marketing mileage off the original dash direct mm -hmm. so just getting that back for dash would be huge i think are we are legally is he able to call it a dash direct maybe not but I'm just saying the right. functionality that it gave us was crucial. So hmm. it would be nice if it had kept the same name. That's yeah. possible. I mean, it was a fantastic thing. And the, the thing is, unfortunately, like 
businesses make money by serving customers, right? And the problem mm -hmm. is all businesses, including BitRefill, don't have the, the volume from any one or few chains. So, or any one or few sources. So they have to be like catch all. And the problem is, so BitRefill has a new page where you have to select the wallet before you, you pay the invoice. You can hit skip and just go right to the QR code and address and stuff. But it's just so many like, oh, which wallet are you using? Like, I hate that. No one's gonna do that, it sucks. And having a streamlined user experience that you're not trying to be like, well, some people wanna buy in bulk for this thing. It's like, no, we just wanna spend at the point of sale as fast as possible. That experience is what made Dash Direct really good. And I, I know Zcash people, I know Monero people, et cetera, who bought Dash specifically to use Dash Direct. And mm -hmm. I think we can, I'm a, I'm a little bit more that ship has sailed in my mindset on that because, you know, I only went away and, you know, we'll see if Ash can make, pull it off and keep it up. We'll see, but I'm not banking on it. But, no. you know, there's, there's it's a got a different approach. <laughs> he's not even thinking in that direction at all. Mm. Um, so he's thinking about his own company, his own branding, whereas Marshall was very smart. He was able to leverage the Dash community mm -hmm. um, to, to make it go viral. And like you said, um, it was as a Dash Direct. We felt like um, we owned it. It was something that we... We were very much involved with as a community and so we all got behind it even i did hear from australia i can't even use it never used it um, but i loved it i loved what it was what it was doing um but with the ctx band it just feels really soulless i'm sorry so mm -hmm. yeah I, I don't think it's the right approach um because you really need to get a community behind it um choose one and just yeah just go with it yeah for sure yeah, well, there's a lot of cool, um, cool things coming up. What I would ask, though, finally, though, is, um, what do you guys want to see? I mean, obviously, we just like grilled quantum about a million things. When Eva, when smart contracts, what's IBC? Do we want it? How and all that? Is EK this? All that stuff. Most of it was my fault. I'm sorry, but that's uh, <laughs> what you want to see. Yes, that's what I want to see. But my question is from the viewers at home and you guys, what do you want to see out of me and Marina's work? Like, what are some things other than, I just wanted to pump it and do well and like all the, the vague stuff. Yeah, obviously we're gonna go, go into the moon and stuff, but like what specific things would you guys like to see? I think um, the living off crypto message um, really, really works. I think. People need to experience crypto and use it for what it's designed to be used for, rather than just speculating on it on in Binance and never taking custody of the of the, of the coins at all. Mm -hmm. I think that's really really key because once people do that and they um, feel that empowerment, that freedom that it gives them, um, they see it in a different light, and then um, they also become less price sensitive as well because they're no longer thinking about buying the next coin is going to pump like bonk or whatever the hell it is they're now thinking more about like what this coin can do for me and how it's going to free me from the fiat world right mm -hmm. the banking world and what comes next with central bank digital currencies and stuff so i think that's that's a really powerful powerful narrative and yeah i just want to see more of that i 
some thoughts on that, but let's everyone else go ahead. What, yeah. Any other things? I'd say, how do you get more community members, uh, especially MNOs, to participate more? Um, that's a big one. I mean, that's what you're working on, but it's just like, how do you get the ones that would not ordinarily have always been silent to just do a few more tweets, a few more Reddit posts, whatever their choice of platform is um, to do that. Um, I think that would help a lot. And also the Dash, Dash amplification group, you need to get more people in there. Like that. So um, yeah, the Twitter you can group. maybe talk more about it. It's just the list, right? Yeah. So anyone mm -hmm. who it's a private Twitter message and I have to say, like as I started to learn, like I went, I monetized my personal Twitter account, got over five million impressions in the last three months. I've nice. been really cranking up the Dash community account. Yeah, I've been, I've been studying intensely, especially this particular platform, how to grow on that one. And one thing I noticed it hasn't been really talked about um, amongst these public tips, but I know every community does it. And I'm in a few, I'm in some Bitcoin Cash and Litecoin groups and stuff too, but they have these groups where anytime something happens, they just like share it in a Twitter DM. I know people who are trying to grow their Twitter account do just randomly DM people they think might retweet it and stuff like that. And this is like how it works. So if you want to get into the group to like everyone jump on retweet this big thing, kind of like I do the swarm and discord, but I kind of save that for the big hits. There's like a few tweets a day that come in in the dash thing in this group. So if anyone wants to do that, let me know. We'll, we'll put you in there. Um, Sam, any thoughts? Any thoughts on what you'd like to see other than a bigger budget through Pomp? No, actually, I'm just happy you're doing it. Nice. I'm glad. I'm uh, very, very uh, ecstatic about that. Um, yeah, just uh, the 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 question then becomes um, like I know you guys are going to focus on marketing the most at the beginning. Uh, should um, business development should you guys be doing business development or should it be at its own outfit later? This is yeah. a question for you. I mean, the real thing is first off, we're doing it because no one else is doing it kind of thing. But mm -hmm. also I think that I, we've demonstrated that we can get it done through like getting Spritz and Maya on board. Right. And those are two huge integrations. Mm. And so if we did that, if we can do that full time, well, what else could we do? And I also, a good thing about having this podcast, not just the Dash one, but this channel is um, it. Oh, it's really been a great networking thing. And that's exactly how I got Spritz and I on board is I first invited them to show their stuff on the podcast and then use that conversation to be like, hey, why don't we slip a little D in there while we're at it? You know, why don't you get Dash in there? And it, it worked. Like it's, it's a great, you know, not really a paid switch because it's a, a good faith everything, right? I do want to talk to these people and stuff. But like, and mm -hmm. obviously having Chad Barefoot on the podcast, I think the second time he mentioned the My Protocol is how he learned they even existed to begin with. And so basically to separate those entities, um, if sure, if like if it if it's applicable, you know, I would probably honestly... Um, yeah, I'd rather probably do some of the biz dev stuff than the marketing kind of stuff anyway, probably. 
but I don't know. I, it's mm-hmm. the point is do it all, do all we can and hire more people. But like, if we start to get to where we have like, let's just imagine a fantastic feature where we got like 12 people or something, then maybe we're like, all right, maybe, maybe we'll see if we want to split this up and get other things going. But, um, I think that I, you know, everyone knows me. I'm a big fan of splitting up different, um, entities in a highly centralized ecosystem, right. To like get as, as many separate entities as possible. But at the same time, the number one thing is to get the things done. And so like some people like were, you know, well, who controls, who has a dash.org email address, all that kind of stuff. And I mean, sure. At one point that might be a super important problem to worry about. But right now the point is, is someone answering these emails from these exchanges and partners and stuff? Is someone getting new integrations? Is someone promoting the thing? It's like, if it's one guy doing everything, we'd rather have it be like a bunch of guys in different countries that don't depend on each other. But one guy is better than none, no guys, you know? Yeah, exactly. So uh, uh, one thing, the final thought on that kind of, the more people living living on dash kind of thing um i've been thinking about this about how to do the what's the unique selling proposition um of dash and uh amongst all the other cryptos like um who's the like like monero is the most cypherpunk in terms of like the the perception right this is the you know, it's like, just use Monero, well, private by default, screw the banks. We want to get delisted. Like all that, like Ryan talk is like very Monero in that whole thing. And then like Litecoin's like, well, we're the number one alternative to Bitcoin. And then Bitcoin Cash is like, oh, we're the cash people. And like, where does Dash fit into those those models? And in the practical sense, Dash is just better than all of them, except not necessarily on the privacy front with Monero. But as far as like everything else, and so it's it's hard. But that's not a strong narrative, right? You can't go, hey, you know all these other coins that you do. You know, you know, like Litecoin and that. We're we're like that, but we do all that, but better. Okay, well that's not a that's not a yeah. We have narrative. a problem. We definitely have a problem with yeah. Uh, so what I one thing we do have a, an advantage on is ability to like. Litecoin is pretty useful if you wanted to live all on crypto today. You know, it's like as far as it's in the bunch of services, all that kind of stuff, the fees are pretty low. You know, they probably will be low for a little while longer unless they get too many more monkey JPEGs on the chain, whatever it is. Uh, But the problem is like very few people in Litecoin are actually doing that. Some people are spending it, sure. But as far as like 100% living, like me living all on on Dash. I have some friends that do that. Eric Olson, member Age of Doge, he says he's living basically all on Dash. Same with Kanuker. Same with, like, there's people we, and of people who are living all on anything else, there's very few. And so I think if we can start to differentiate that and be like, Dash is digital cash you can live on today. And whenever the Monero people talk about, yeah, just use Monero, it's like, how? Oh, exactly. Well, well, scramble for fucking excuses, bullshit. Go fuck yourself. Use Dash, right? <laughs> That's the point I was trying to make earlier. Yeah. Get people to use these coins. And so I think the other day, yeah, there was somewhere where I couldn't pay with Dash. 
excuse so I, I, I had to try to use Doge, mm-hmm. and it was horrible. Like just getting the chain synced took ages. I mean, it was much completely congested. I couldn't. There was not much row at all. I couldn't find a node that would sync the chain, and it took several hours to get synced. And eventually, I could send the, the transaction and get it through. But it was a pain. Like when you actually go to use that network, you realize it's broken. Doge is actually broken. Half the mm-hmm. time, it doesn't even sync. Now contrast that with Dash. Well, it works. You know, and you said like um, that. You know, comparing us to Litecoin. Well, okay, so Litecoin's got the same block time as we do, but we've got instance and chain locks. Okay, so it's instant mm-hmm. and your transaction's final. Um, does Litecoin have governance? No. Do you ever say in anything that happens yeah. in Litecoin as a Litecoin holder? No, you don't. In Dash, you do. Mm-hmm. You can vote the governance and actually have a say. And a lot of our proposals um, lately are quite marginal. Like only a few votes can knock it into funding yes or no. So yeah. you don't even need a, lot, a large amount of Dash to, to really contribute to the network. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just so many incremental things that we've done, nothing big, but just a lot of incremental things that we've done that have distinguished ourselves as being different from Bitcoin Cash or, or Litecoin or Zek or any of these things. Yeah. Well, the, the big thing that it does have, which all these little stitchy together things can be encompassed mm-hmm. into is it's digital cash that works now. It just works. It works now. Exactly. Try it out. And anyone is like, well, yeah, but Litecoin this. Okay, well, I, I, the one day, the famous chain halt day, which, you know, I'm sorry, Sam, I, I just saw a few more gray hairs spring out just mentioning it. But <laughs> I did use Litecoin to buy something at BitRefill and I couldn't even use it because I didn't get confirmations in time because I forgot that you have to do confirmations with freaking Litecoin. I'm like, oh shit. Like I haven't had to deal with this nonsense in years because I mostly use Dash. It's so the it's it just works. It works today. Look at and if the big question, right, is if you're serious or a big challenge, if you're serious about this digital cash nonsense that whatever other project thinks that they're somehow better at, do it. Put your money where your mouth is. Put your digital money where your digital mouth is yeah. and actually use it. And the thing is, obviously, me is the living on crypto guy. Okay, that's fine. But we need a lot of them, right? We need to be able to say all the cool people in Dash are living on it. As opposed to all the Monero people are shitposting about it on Twitter, but they're kind of using fiat too. And that's the yeah, well, like undercut of the, the narrative that you can do is just let me like, you talk about it. We do it. Exactly. It's like your friend that was collecting all those sats, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he got an unpleasant surprise. We had to pay $800 in fees to move it, consolidate mm-hmm. it. Yeah. I mean, it's only when you actually start to use this stuff that you realize what's what. Um, and then you begin to go, okay, so you know, maybe Bitcoin's got the best price action at the moment, but try using it. It's absolute hell. Yeah. And then that means that the price action is completely unjustified, isn't it? It's just a... Yeah. I mean, it, at this point, like when I use Bitcoin, I just know that it's going to take like two hours. Like it's just, but it's it's, gonna... it's it's fine for me. Like it's faster than a um, than an international wire, right? Is I mean, that, I mean, the point I I'm trying to make is that I'll 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 do a Bitcoin transaction probably once every three months, right? Yeah. Just like I do an internet. It's not made for more than that. But what but if yeah, you I use mean, Dash for that instead and just didn't have to pay well, the 
wouldn't it? <laughs> you know, well, that should be that should be the dash meme. Is well, I mean, I the the, the time, <laughs> the time that I use Bitcoin, it's just uh, because you know somebody only accepts Bitcoin. Or yeah, of like course. That. And you should yell at them. Everyone should yell at people every time. They yeah. they have to take a verbal beating with that because it's nonsense. But the point is, uh, there's two things. First, there's two elements to that. The, the the biggest element is Dash just works, and it works today. It just works. Mm -hmm. It's going to work for you. You can live off of it. It works. No one else can compete with that. And then uh, the subtext of that is crypto's fake Dash is real is everyone else is a poser. Like no one, everyone else is like talking about this stuff. Everyone's like, Bitcoin upset the banks while you have your fully custodial wallet of Satoshi and stuff. Or like, oh, Bitcoin cash, everyone can spend it. Well, okay, well, there's that guy in Townsville. He's doing great. He, he's not a fake, but then everyone else is. And it's kind of funny because every time I have Twitter arguments with these people and they're like, well, why you can live off Bitcoin cash. I'm like, show me. And then the next week, Every service I talked about has like a bunch of comments. Add Bitcoin Cash, please. Like all the nano people start swarming Spritz financing. You should add nano because they didn't even know it existed because they weren't actually fucking using it at all until I like whip it out on the table and just say, what do you think about that? And then they're like, oh, okay. And then they have to play defense. But that's great. Dash should make them play defense. That should make them challenge their cypherpunk values that they talk about. And like, oh, you run your own node. Okay. To do what? To to send your swipey swipey card somewhere? Come on. Like, what are you actually doing? Are you actually living off this stuff? What happens if you lose your bank account tomorrow? Like, you say, oh, I got Monero in case I lose it. It's like, that works if you have your, does your, if you've got your landlord take it, if you have your network of peer to peer people. Some people might have that figured out. Most of them don't. And if they do, they deserve a high five from Dash. You know, any Monero user who's living 100% on that stuff deserves a high five from us. But the rest of them, I don't can, see how that's possible. The rest of them can go screw themselves because they're not doing it, right? No. Yeah. I mean, you know, a lot of people are like, you know, I I met some new dude at some meetup yesterday, and he was like, "Oh, you're in crypto. What do you do?" And like, I actually use it. Oh, you mean you use it? I never use it. Like. What do you use? Dash? Oh, I haven't heard about Dash in like 10 years. Like, what, what's going on with that? Really? Dash is what you're using? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, because I use it. And he's like, oh, man, that's that's just so crazy. That's, that's wow. That's wild. And like, wake up and smell the roses, people. Like, Fiat's coming. Yeah. CBDC's coming. We're going to be smashed if we don't freaking start living free today. You, know, you want to like, oh, I, I get so mad at the eCash people sometimes <laughs> because it they're doing all, almost everything dash is doing which i guess is a compliment right they're doing the instant transactions the staking hybrid system they're all that kind of stuff but they're still saying like one day we can all live off of eCash. it's like why are you creating another shit coin when you can already use this today and they're like well well someday i'll be i'll say okay well why don't you live 100% on Dash now, and then next year you might be 90% Dash, 10% freaking eCash. No, I'm going to wait for eCash to be okay, get out of here. Probably because they hold bags. Yes. Yeah, they hold bags. Yep. Again, exactly people's virtue it's not, signal. It's not, um, 
Okay, well, before I turn this, this positive thing into an angry dump on everyone else, we should probably wrap it up and <laughs> migrate it to the after party. I'm kidding. I'm getting fired Everybody out. needs to get their ba- their bags in Dash. That's yeah. that's what makes people interested. You don't get you don't get interested and then get bags. You get bags and then you get interested. Well, that's sad reality, and it one, is, and it's the same thing for everybody. But here's here's the fun thing: the best way of acquiring a dash back holder is to get someone to use it buy a little send it around oh wow this works so great and you start getting the forms and you're like buy a master node and never spend the dash again well hopefully not but like it's like that's the that's the party trick the adoption is the party trick to get the bag holders but the, but the, yeah. <laughs> i only care about the adoption right but if you get enough adoption enough people run into enough dash people who who hear who are actually you? Oh, you live off of Dash, awesome! And then they buy a bunch and don't live off of it. Okay, whatever. But the the adoption is the front runner to the the, the bag holding, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That's There's, the opposite of what I just said, but okay. <laughs> yeah, it's the op. But that's what I'm saying. It's the same thing. We're all, yeah. You know, we maybe we're not all on the exact same page, but we're on the same chapter of the same book. Yeah, we all, we all have the same goal. We just have different strategies for achieving the goal. And I'm, what I'm saying is when you give someone a bag of Dash, whether that's giving or ideally when they work for it and they mm-hmm. earn a bag of Dash, that's when they start getting interested. You wait for people to be interested in it. You know, they're not going to just they're not going to be interested in it until they have an incentive to be interested in it. Yeah, they're not going to go out and buy a bag just because we have bags and we are interested in it. And that's the, the, I mean, the, the ways that you can get people uh, interested in it, there are many, many aspects of that. Right. So, you know, being a a digital cash alternative uh, to a better alternative to what they're currently using, that's one. Hopefully, you know, platform will be another, like giving a service that they can only use on the dash you know ecosystem be another and you know we just need to find more use cases right right yeah that's true revenue generation require people to get dash products Mm -hmm. that require people to get dash as easily as possible and uh yeah sounds great all right let's wrap this up gentlemen uh it's been a pleasure shill o'clock what do you guys want to show get on twitter yes that's a big thing get on twitter follow at dash pay there's gonna be some hot fire mm-hmm. coming out of that thing oh use spritz finance or um what is the one the bit the, the bill one in australia that xk uses bit refill it varies bit, bit varies in Australia to pay all your bills. You swap in if you're in Europe and most of the world. Yeah. Use BitRefill. It works great. Just about the whole planet over. Use it for everything. Uh, use the Maya protocol through Eldorado or Thor Wallet to Spritz. earn yield and swap back and forth. And yeah, big, big one is Spritz. But use your crypto. Use it and pay one thing. Even if it's your like every month you go to one coffee place. You can buy a bit mm-hmm. refill gift card for it or whatever. Do that. If you have one bill, like your electricity, but not your water bill. Okay, start with your electricity. Pay one. 
yeah. buy the extra. That's what we made it for. Yeah. That's what we made this thing for. So use it. Like, you know, people just speculate on it. And I think 90% of people seem to speculate on it. Use it. Do yes. some transactions. Do some mixing or, or whatever um, Quantum was calling it before, like um, anonymizations, transactions. Yeah. Um, buy something with it. I mean, just join your coins. Yeah, that's yeah, once, once, you, once you experience that, then um, then you'll have a, a different opinion on the whole space. And, and I think you'll actually like it. Yeah. All right. Thanks for watching, everyone. Um, it's going to be exciting January. Um, mm. Mr. Pasta himself has agreed to be on the next installment of the podcast. So that'd be fun. So nice. think, awesome. about, think about things for that. And yeah, everyone have a happy new year. 2023 is going to be over. You're going to sneeze. <laughs> You're going to drink a bunch. You're going to wake up and then it's going to be over. Dashy New Year to cool. all you guys. And, yeah. Uh, Happy New Year. Yep. See you guys. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. See you next right. year. Thanks, y'all.